This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Black ball. Black, black, black ball. Black, black, black ball. Black, black, black ball. Everybody, my name is James DeFury, and this is Casual Friday on Blackball. I love this day of the week. This is the day of the week that I get to not book a guest, which is um, the bane of my existence. I don't like show running. I wish I never had to do it again, but I do. And we are coming off a slow week at Blackball. Yesterday we had the mental health checkup, and um, yeah. Um, it, it, it was a it was a good show, but we ended up uh, bogged down in vaccine talk a little bit, which I think makes people mental, anyways. However, today, um, Casual Friday today is going to be a pretty dope show. Unfortunately, Ryan Lindley can't make it; he's doing an ice wine thing in the Niagara region, I think, for the network. But we have two very, very competent and very entertaining guests. One of them is Spencer Rice, aka Spenny, and the other one from. The Eager Beaver Podcast. His name is Paul Atkinson. Gentlemen, how are you today? Great. Good. I, if I, I haven't had one better. of these in a while. Haven't <laughs> had one of these what in a while? I haven't. I haven't done a podcast in a long time. Oh really? Well, I got. I had COVID. Uh, oh, that I, sucks. Yeah, it was really. It. it uh, I didn't get that third vaccine. Uh, I don't want to talk about vaccines because obviously you don't want to talk about them. But uh, I, I never got the third one either. Just so, so you know, yeah, I've yeah. had five, five, wow. five, five shots. Are you no kidding? COVID. No, no, dead serious. No COVID. No COVID. Right. Okay. Well, there you go. So I, I fucked up. Yeah. Well, Guinness? Paul, we're not going to discuss any of that shit tonight. We're just going to have, no, I think he asked if you were drinking Guinness, didn't he? Uh, yeah. No, no. This is a uh, Kitchissippi Amber Ale. Normally, oh, wow. I do drink Guinness because I'm a Guinness drinker, but this is a, a locally brewed Ottawa beer, and it's a it's a lovely pint. Lovely. What are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, a reasonably priced Oshin Toshin Scottish uh, single malt whiskey. I'm I'm familiar with that one. I've the, do you my, water yours down? Uh, I put ice in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it's really like this was a bottle was like 65 bucks, which is a lot. But uh, the, the one I wanted uh, was about 130. Yeah, that's yeah. a real lot of money. Uh, and that one I wouldn't water down at all. Did so, you guys- oh, sorry, go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, so Akintoshan, uh, which is a lovely uh, Scottish scotch. Um, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and think you were going for like a peaty, malty, uh, maybe a lug well, of wood. Greg, you, you seem to pronounce these better than me. How did you pronounce? I said Oshintoshin. Which okay. probably- Oshintoshin. 
I thought that was like kids' clothes. I thought you said Oshkosh Bagosh for a second. No, no, no. Like... The, the only reason I know the name is because a friend of mine lives in Glasgow, and she's like, I said, I'm like, so I had this, oh, it, and she goes, Akintoshin. Oh, okay, all right. When I first tried Petey, uh, or, or I guess it's uh, scotch made with peat as opposed to wood, uh, I didn't like it, and as I'm getting older, it's really appealing to me. Well, yeah. I'm a Lagavulin lover myself. Okay, listen, no one, describes, no one describes Scotch as lovely, right? Like, when you guys were young and people were, like, taking shots for the first time and be like, take it, you pussy, were you impacted by that? Were you like, fine, I'll take it. I'm not a pussy, I'll take it. Because I wasn't. I was just like, I don't give a fuck what you guys say. I, I, I'm not taking this disgusting shit down my throat. This is gross. I was the guy telling people to do the shots. <laughs> And, yeah, totally. and honestly, I was, and I can be honest, I can be very honest as I, I am. Um, uh, my father was an alcoholic, God bless him. Uh, I definitely have a bit of that uh, in me. And uh, I was, uh, I still am to this day, very socially awkward. So I drank to excess in social situations when I was younger. Now I just don't have social situations. <laughs> I, I made my life that way. Uh, so. I, I can oddly recognize that. Um, I say oddly because I, I, my my father's not an alcoholic. I'm I'm my my mom and dad are still blissfully happy married. Uh, my dad is eighty uh, two, eighty two, <laughs> and uh, they're 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 just wonderful, glorious human beings. Um, but my dad does enjoy a beverage, and my mother, who is Irish Catholic. Less so, wow. uh, be, because her brothers, you know, her older brothers, were were you know kind of like me. We like uh, to have a beverage from time to time. Yeah, I can it, see. It, I, I don't want you know, and, and look, literally, I have family <laughs> members. So dramatic. We like to have a beverage from time to time. Well, I like a commercial. I have family members watching, so I I I, I want to be polite and and and. Oh, you have family members watching? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna play this video here while your family members watch. I can. They can kiss my honey. Well, here I am at a famous school. I'm dressing sharp and I'm acting cool. Got a cheerleader here. Wants to help with my paper. Maybe let her do all the work and maybe later I'll rape her. Oh God! Oh God! I'm so fantastic. Whoa! Yeah, that that, that you, you know that's a that's a Bobby Brown lyric from Frank Zappa. That's not my words. Come on, like I'm just okay, but I, I'm just uh, trying to give a shout out to your fam. That's all. I thought look, the way you look, you might have been the first rapper ever. You know, yeah. like nope. <laughs> Methuselah. Methuselah. <No. laughs> okay, my dad was great, by the way. That alcoholism didn't uh, define him in any way. I want to make that of course not. Clear. Of course not. Of course not. But um. But uh, you know what? Like uh, I had a very destructive uh, drinking life when I was younger. Very destructive. In fact, we used to do, uh, we'd have a pitcher of water and a bottle and it would just shot, 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 gulp, gulp, gulp water. And we'd get so absolutely obliterated uh, and then eventually vomit. I'm sure I don't remember those days, but the reality was I I had a a condition where if I drank booze, my my face would break out in a rash. (laughs) So my vanity it's called rosacea saved my life i'm pretty sure because i was <laughs> as soon as i made the connection i i tapered off on the alcohol and i remember when i first quit drinking uh about three weeks after uh when i quit the hard drinking 
I was driving one morning and I went, I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm not hungover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh my God, this is what people who don't drink too much must feel like all the time. And, was, <laughs> and I've never really drank like that again, thank God. It, it's kind of crazy when that realization happens, right? And, and, and for those of us who have, have gone through that ringer in the sense that um, I used to drink a lot in my younger days and I, I don't apologize for it. I, I did it. It happened. Uh, I still have days when I drink a fair bit today being one of those days. However, um, mostly, most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm very um, comfortably sober, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, Spencer. Um, Spenny. Spenny works. Yeah. Spenny. Well, I did, you know, it's like I watched you on television for a long time. So it's like, now I'm sitting here shooting the shit with you. We're having a couple of drinks and doing yeah. the show. And it's weird. Cause you know, you're one of the guys that I watched for a long time, but, uh, that surprises me, by the way, I don't know why it just always surprises me. Well, we're, we're kind of the same age. I'm, I'm 54. No, maybe. no it's not your age. It's just, I'm always surprised, uh, you know, because the, the fans that come to our shows generally, uh, aren't like you. I don't know how else to put it. So I, when I find <laughs> someone that's intelligent and, uh, well-spoken and, uh, uh, I'm always surprised when they find out. I just basically call all my fans dumb. <laughs> but anyways, that's the end of those. There were some of I... us that watch your show. We, I, I watch the show every day um, with my buddy. And that, that blows my mind. Yeah. Well, every day that was on, that it was on, it was on like it was a weekday show, wasn't it? Like four yeah. o'clock or some shit. Like that was weekday. the first season on CBC. We were on at uh, five thirty. Five thirty, right? Yes. Okay, but uh, but I kept watching, um, and we we were like. I was a big fan of you because you reminded me of the friend that I was watching it with who might be on tonight. His name's David. Um, oh. And he, and it was like, I was a, a student of the show in that I wanted to just know what was a bit and what was a, a, like an embellishment. And I, and mm. I had fun because you guys did it so well that I couldn't, tell when something was being exaggerated and and when it was just organic and that's I mean, what i liked about the show like I've you guys hid that shit really well I've, I've been on the show a couple of times i guess we've never talked about it uh the just to briefly answer your question if you if you want yeah uh, please yeah i mean how we uh, first of all our personalities are pretty much bang on to what you see on the screen our, our general personalities our core personalities i'm a hard work uh not very street smart, very trusting kind of guy. Kenny, very street smart, very witty with his one-liners. Can uh, loves to be mean and shocking. Uh, so in that way, it was very, very honest. And and uh, and we'd known each other since we were kids. But what really explains why you wonder about that and why you think we're so good at it was that when we uh, shot the show, the production model that we came up with was that uh, I would be in the dark. So when production meetings happened, uh, where Kenny would reveal whatever he was going to do, I wasn't present. Uh, so, uh, you know, Good the reality, call. you know, people would say to me, you know, how yeah. did I know, you know, that Kenny was going to cheat? And I, of course I knew he was going to cheat. I didn't know how. Hmm. And it wasn't in the best interest of the show, frankly, to, uh, you know, to try to figure that out. My job was to do what the kind of ordinary Joe would do in a competition, right? He'd go maybe talk to an expert and actually do the competition. And we're just, it was lucky that it worked, 
But uh, so a lot of the stuff was very real. I mean, the shtick came in sometimes when the network interfered. Uh, you know, things certain things happened. But you know, the rea- I, I had to live in this reality of you know my crazy friend who was crazy and is crazy. Uh, you know, basically could do whatever he wanted to me within not even in reason. And I didn't know what it was going to be or where it was going to come from. But Wait, I, I was the house was the house that you guys uh, did it in. Um, was it like a friend of mine pointed, said, claimed that he that that was the house once. Was it between like Gloucester and Maitland on Sherburne, like in that area somewhere? Yeah, it, it was. There's two houses. The season oh, okay. one that you said you saw was a different house. I can't remember the name of the street, but it was near. It was behind the Keg Mansion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the house we shot the majority of, of episodes from was, uh, yes, on Sherburn. Very, I, very rough part of town, actually. I yeah, I remember that part of town. I, I used to get um, free de- uh, meals at uh, the Keg Mansion. That was my go-to spot. <laughs> um, I, and when I, when I was young, and I didn't have any money at all, and I was an idiot, um, I used to take, I used to, I used to tell homeless people this trick all the time, just so they would like, just so the next time I see them, I ask them if they did it. And this one guy came back and he's like, I did it, man, it worked. But if you have a loony and a cigarette, <clears throat> and you, and when you can still smoke in restaurants, you could get away with, with, uh, with, with skipping your tab in a very easy, easy to manage way, which is you go to the Value Village, you take your loony and you buy a coat or like a shirt or something, something that you can hang over a chair. And then you go and you eat and you drink as much as you want. And then you light a cigarette. This is the second half. And then you put it in the ashtray and then you just leave. And then it <laughs> takes them like 20 minutes at least to figure out that you're not coming back. They probably wait for the cigarette to extinguish itself. They're like, well, this shirt's still there. It's got to be here somewhere. Anyways, and it was a great way to get a free meal when you were broke and uh, or homeless, as these gentlemen were. This is all yeah. I was trying to do. I needed to make sure it worked. But it was a good way to get a free meal, and I'm could just. You, could you actually not afford it, or were you just? Uh... Oh, I could not afford. I still can't afford no. it. I'd still have to do that if I lived in Toronto. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to afford nothing. So, so, I will so say what... this. Kenny and I, uh, I don't think he'd mind it. So many years ago, we had a great scam going at. Uh, uh, it was a place on Young Street around Richmond, where you go into the restaurant and had all these kiosks. Uh, and you could go to each one and you could get fritters at one and pancakes at another and steak. At, you know the place I'm talking? La Marche. Yeah. La Marche, yeah. yeah. Know, it always I smelled know. like the potatoes that they cooked. Yes. So <laughs> when, it, when it first opened, I don't know if you remember, you'd get a card. That's right. right. And, and you'd go. And we figured out a way to get a third card. Uh, uh, or each of us would have two cards so we would go and eat the most expensive food but then get stamped uh make sure we got stamped for coffee you know something really <laughs> hash browns yeah and so they'd ask to see the one card i by the way i'm very ashamed that i did that especially because i came from a privileged background but that's why i asked you did you really oh need- no no i had nothing so so when i had but that's the thing when i had nothing dude i am 46 years old i have still never had a credit card Ever yeah. in my life. So when my friends when my friends used to go like, oh man, I'm just broke. I'll just have to put it on the card. I was like, you're not broke then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. broke. Yeah. You want to know why? Because yeah. I can't fucking put anything on the card because I don't have one. But so I used James, to, so, why, why didn't you have a card, James? Was it a because uh, you seem like a very anti society, anti kind of rebel rouser type? Is that why? Because that's I do in the system, mm-hmm. or you can get one. Um, nope. I think it was because I was um, set on a path of failure when I was quite young. 
Um, and like my my my, uh, my, my dad was like a kind of like a, a small time white collar <clears throat> criminal. He was a tax evader. Um, he got he got busted once and had to go to court. And the judgment was against him for eighty grand. And he literally went like this: <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> and he wrote a check and he right there and he's like, "Who do I give it to? Who do I give it to?" <laughs> and he just stopped. But he made me get OSAP. Right. Right. And and I was wow. like, why am I getting OSAP? Like we, you know, like our house wasn't a big house or anything, but like we, we you know, my dad had my dad made like one hundred and fifty grand for like the eighteen years that I lived with him, and paid taxes on forty of it. Except every for one time every year, or, or like for the total eighteen years. Or like you know that year, uh, electronics company Philips. Yeah. yeah. My dad yeah. was the vice president of of something inside Philips. I can't remember. What it Holy was. huck, dude. But this is back I in the 70s. I used their nose hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah this yeah. is back yeah, in the 70s, good. right? And my dad created, uh, I don't know if what he did, he was a computer programmer. So he, whatever he did was um, uh, something that was really instrumental, pardon the pun, for compact speakers. So I don't know if you ever heard of this. My dad apparently invented this, uh, uh, this pitch where he would bring in guys from like Japan or whatever, and they would like try to sell them on the speakers mm. like, like a company. And um, and then he, uh, they would play like classical music out of these gigantic speakers, and they would be kind of impressed. And then my dad would be like, "Press that button," and he pressed the button, and the four walls of the speakers would fall, revealing two speakers inside them that were like a third of the size. And they were like, "Oh, that's yeah. crazy!" And then um, so when that happened, my dad got passed over for a promotion, sued for wrongful dismissal, won like three hundred grand in like nineteen seventy nine, and then started his own company. He could have gone on on Dragon's Den with that. that so thing. so um, I, he didn't like I, to talk to people. I, I, I know that you've had your issues with your your, your upbringing, James, uh, and and we've talked about this in the past. But I, I, is your dad still around? No, he's dead. He oh, died. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. You know what? I think we've talked about that too. But you know, I've had some beers, so I can't remember well, everything. Yeah, he's dead. Um, <laughs> It's weird because I, I I didn't I saw him like twice in the last twenty years of his life. He was a very non communicative man, um, a cat's in the cradle kind of situation. Oh, and um, damn. you know, like every f few years, I guess I would I would try calling him or whatever. And uh, it was funny. The last actual communication I had with him was probably in like he died in twenty fourteen. Right. Um, he I think in like it might have been early twenty fourteen. I, w I wanted to write a piece on on a story that he had told me when I was young. It's an interesting story. You know who Tommy Lasorda is, the baseball manager? Yes, yeah. I do. So yeah. when Tommy Lasorda was really young, um, he was like 19 or something. He played for the Montreal Royals. I remember um, that. The farm team of, uh, I, I think it was the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers I'm not sure. Um, but anyways, he and he, when he went to, to Montreal to play, he wanted to bill it with a family that made good Italian food. So he ended up going to my dad's aunt's place and living there. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> and my dad used to see him all the time and they used to eat dinners on, on every Sunday together uh, when the family got together. And I wanted to write a story about that. So I emailed him and I was like, you know, who do I, you know, do you remember this story or whatever? And he wrote, like, before that, I'd be like, hey, how you doing? And I'd never hear back. And this time I asked him about that story and he sent me this really long, really interesting, like, you know, um, uh, the version of the story that I had forgotten, I guess. And, uh, and yeah, so baseball, my dad and I connected on, he was my coach for a little while, but, um, yeah, I, I think my dad had like, um, undiagnosed Asperger's. Um, yeah. he couldn't order a fucking pizza.
You know what I mean? Like he could talk to people in a business setting and that was it. Like socially, forget about it. You know, like ordering a pizza, forget about it. If there was no one home and he wanted a pizza, he just wouldn't have pizza because there was no one to fucking call the pizza place. Right. So, so, so it was like, uh, I, I would like a pizza, but it, would, it, 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 it needs, it, it needs, it needs to have a, it needs to have a special sauce. And tomatoes, he didn't tomato stutter sauce, like that. Tomato sauce, tomato sauce, yeah. tomato sauce, tomato sauce. Look, I have ADHD and uh, OCD and, um, you know. to the club. Yeah. You yeah. don't see me fucking stuttering. Well, the stuttering is just a, something that's socially been taught to me, right? Over the years of, of Hollywood films. And, 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 and I don't know. Occasionally, I stutter, apparently. I just right, was that, that stutter you just did? Was that you pretending to be? No, uh, that, was, that was legitimate. Oh, oh, that was, was legitimate. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry, man. I thought you were just impersonating my dad and gave him a stutter for some reason. I'm sorry. Well, I apologize. Mm. I was to a degree, and then all of a sudden I stuttered on my own and didn't <laughs> fucking know I had that. It's casual uh, Friday. You can't uh, fucking start pulling out stutters here. Like, you know well, I mean, when, when see, I'm, I'm doing it now. Stammering, stuttering. But when I do the show with Douglas, it's it's natural and easy for me to just do the flow uh i'm not a broadcaster i don't have a degree i didn't go to school for any of this shit uh i just have a deep voice and 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 i work in tech i i I work in av stuff so i'm able to manipulate and 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 make stuff sound good to a degree but is uh, your big penis does that make your voice deeper well possibly i don't know except when he jogs because then it hits his balls well, when he jogs, right? So, as you know, they they castrate. Plus, he doesn't have a cat because then he can't walk around naked, right? I, do, so I don't. I don't have any pets or plants because you know that could you know interfere with the stuff. You hit me like a wrecking ball. <laughs> Spenny, you have tattoo news. Can I? Can you share your tattoo news with us? I, I've 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 always wanted a tattoo. Um, but I've never had the balls to get one. I'm Jewish, so they're uh, not that this 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 makes me want to get it even more. Uh, if you have a tattoo, you're not supposed to be tattooed if you're Jewish, which I don't think has anything to do with the Holocaust and the tattooing of. of no, 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 no. It's uh, desecrating God's work. Are you? Jewish? You can cut the shit out of your penis, but you can't put a fucking little tattoo on your elbow. Like, yeah, that's funny. Sure. <laughs> Listen, Paul, are you Jewish, Paul? Uh, no, no, but I, okay. I, Literally, I got to show you a fucking photo that will blow your mind. Your penis? Uh, you, no. Okay. No. I, I don't know. <laughs> I heard it was big. I, I, the, we need I to get like... a pickle sponsor or some shit. Like, we need to. <laughs> no, I'll see if I can find the photo. I have a photo of me when I was 16 when I have a giant Jew fro. I'm not Jewish. <laughs> Jew fro. I had one too. Oh, did bad. you really? Oh, it was bad. I, I had a Jew fro like the guy from Stranger Things, you know, the fat kid. Like that yeah, was yeah, basically yeah, my yeah. hair. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I'm, I'm, uh, I, apparently if you have a tattoo, you can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery, which really doesn't bother me on so many levels. <laughs> Sounds like. <laughs> I'd be dead, first of all. Second of all, I'm not sure I even want to be buried. But, anyways, um, so then it became what, what kind of tattoo, right? What, what are you going to get on your body that's going to be there till the day you die that you're going to have to look at? Uh, presuming it's not on my back. I'm going to get it here on my arm right here. 
Uh, and I thought, okay, my life has been two things, comedy and music. So I couldn't get the comedy and music thing together. So I'm going to do the music thing another time. And I have an idea for that. But uh, when I, I, you know, it's hard. Like uh, my comedy heroes. Got... <laughs> that was me when I was 16. Okay. Wow. Black yeah. Sabbath. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. You look I, like I, an extra from Dazed and Confused. Well, I was 16 years old. Uh, and, and, and I posted this a couple of years ago on my buddy. You know, uh, but I just want to interrupt your story to just let everyone know we're aware that Paul interrupted the tattoo story. But go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. We're coming back. That was so worth story. it, by the way. This is great. We're, we're coming back to the tattoo story. Don't worry. Uh, it's just, Spenny was like, dude, I got to see this. So here it is. There it is. Yeah. That's me. I would, call that a fro. I would not call that a fro, my friend. What? No. Who would you call it? No. It's round and it's big, but it's not like an afro. No. No. No, no. It's so, so here's the thing, my buddy Stuart. Yeah, it's more like a uh, Walton family fro. <laughs> my good buddy Stu uh, is like, that's a, that's a Jew fro. And I'm like, I'm like Irish Catholic. He goes, nope. That's a Jufro. I'm like, all right, I'll take your word for if, it. No, he's right. It's a Jufro, but it's not an Afro. No, no, that's what I said. It was Jufro. I'm like Jufro, not, not an Afro. I agree 100%. I'm 116th Jewish, by the way. I don't know Are what that you? means, but no. my great-grandmother or something like that is Jewish. Yeah. That's all well, I know. Well, I don't, I don't have a force. Did, did you hear about the uh, Jewish guy with a uh, erection? He walked into a wall and broke his nose. Did you hear that story? <laughs> okay. Well, here, so let me get back to yeah. Okay, so so what, then it becomes, okay, I'm going to do the comedy one first. Who is it? W.C. Fields? Like, what? what is it? I, is it that the Greek, you know, mask with the comedy and tragedy? And I, uh, so this is what I landed on. And I absolutely love these guys. Just look at the faces and uh, get rid of the words because it's from a poster. Don't you think that's cool? Uh, yeah, this is like Marx Brothers. Yes. Yeah, the Marx Brothers, one oh. of my absolute favorites. Groucho Marx. Very cartoony. Greatest comedian yeah, it, ever no, it's, lived. Well, movie posters were, were done before uh, they used to all be art. art. This is my favorite one. Sorry, that, that, I, is that Groucho in the middle? Yeah, Groucho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, on top. Not okay, cheap, yeah. And uh, Harpo at the bottom. No, no Zeppo. Zeppo's not making the cut. <laughs> I refuse That's better than my idea, which was uh, if, you wanna, if you want to put comedy music, you could have put the like the notes for da 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 da. <laughs> couple Thank years God, back. Listen to you, but I do want your advice. What do you think of it, guys? I don't have advice, but a couple of years back, I was at a a, um, a dragon boat team end of season party, and uh, I looked at one of my the team captain, the guy who ran all the money for the party, and I said, "That's the best tasting pickle I ever heard," and he goes, "What?" I go, that's Groucho Marx. That's the Groucho Marx, the, the Vlasic pickle thing. He goes, who's Groucho Marx? I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm not that much older than you. Like, it, how how do you not know this? I had to look him up when I was like 35. I was like, who's this person that all my my favorite comedians keep on talking about? How? And I did. Really? And, you know, of course, well, yeah, I'm not an expert, right? Like, I love stand-up comedy. Don't get me wrong. My favorites are like Richard Pryor and like, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I know who I like, George Carlin and all that shit. Like, I, I think I like good comedians. But no, I had to look up Groucho Marx. Uh, and, and I had to look up um, Sam Kennison, too. And then I remembered who he was once I looked him up. 
Um, but this is like 10 years ago. I wanted I to just Sam become today. more well-versed on, on good comedy legends. Go ahead, Spike. I watched the Sam today on YouTube. I just happened to see it. So yeah. wait a sec. So, Paul, you're not... Um, okay, forget advice. I want to know your thoughts on that particular tattoo. Uh, get it. Okay. Make it and happen. Judge Do it. Okay. Um, my first instinct was that I didn't like it. But but I think that I like the idea of, a, of, of getting those guys. That image looked a little too youthy or cartoony for me but if you said if groucho march if, if his picture was sitting there and 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 it was definitely him but there was some sort of shadowing that made it look a little bit more deep or you know ref, like edgy or yeah, dark I, I or something the, i love the colors i love the colors and I, oh yeah I, yeah they were a very cartoony act when you think about it so i just That's, and dude, it's an actual movie poster i might be pricking what i on my body, but I get it. I think that would suit you. No, yeah. get it. I don't Absolutely. have any tattoo. I'm afraid. I'm too afraid to get a tattoo. Get it. Look, really? I, I got, I got yeah. James. I, I kind of. I don't want to regret it. You know, like I got that. I got that the day I turned thirty. What the fuck is it? It means strength. I looked it up. I thought it was a bullet wound. No, I no. thought you were like I got a tattoo of a bullet wound. I've not been shot. I thought it was yet. a Hebrew. I thought it was a Hebrew letter. I really did. No, no. Uh, I, <laughs> and and it's close. It's close. Once the beard, strength. once the beard covers it up, you're fully Jewish. It would have worked. It would have worked with the Jew bro. Yeah, that's right. Well, so I got it the day I turned thirty because when I was very young, I I, I was checked into a cancer ward because I had what at the time was stage one. Uh, in a 1978 stage one, pretty serious shit. Today it's like, yeah, here, here's a shot. Go the fuck home. You're fine. But back then it was, you know, touch and go. Uh, and I remember my, my doctor who had zero bedside manner. He was, he was a very good doctor, very intelligent, but he, he had no personality whatsoever. And I remember my mother saying, it's like, he doesn't have a bedside manner. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm kind of afraid of him. <laughs> but that being said, he did save my life. Um, I'm sure he's long since dead because he was in his 60s at that time. And that was in 1979. So, yeah, you know. If I had yeah. a swingers club, it was I, if I had like a weekend swingers getaway spot, I would call it the bedside manner. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good name. Not gonna lie, not gonna lie, and I can joke about it because, like, I'm still fucking here. Um, but, but yeah, but uh, you're a man. You, the whole show now, everybody's depressed. But anyway, no, so no, 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 not depressed. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. We we talk about this all the time, and 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 it was like that. That was my crack moment where I just, you know, that was the, when when I went to, into depression, and, and here I am now, happy and thriving. It would be, it would be once I found out I was going to live, then I'd get depressed. Well, no, no. <laughs> now I got to deal with all this shit in my own life again. I, I had it out. I was going to be on heroin for two weeks and goodbye. <laughs> Think of all the attention I would have gotten. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fucking awesome. I'm, not, I'm happy you were happy. Well, and you, Jewish so, people, when they when they die, they, they they're not allowed to get cremated either. I learned no, that no, from no. watching that show, Hunters, that I'm watching, which I totally recommend to every single human being. Um, it's such an amazing show. Story. My mother was cremated. She was Jewish, uh, ish, but that oh. you know, not religious at all. <laughs> I've like got right there, and yeah. I picked them up uh, from my uncle when I was on the road, and I left her in in my uh, manager's car. Oh. <laughs> all of he, he was. 
So I had to call him. I said, uh, can you please return my mother? You have to turn around a half hour down the back. Bro. How often do you travel with uh, your parents' ashes? You just forget. I grabbed my guitar and my knapsack and away I went. I forgot about uh, I've never. I, I'm lucky enough to not have to ever think about or do that yet. My dad is 82. Yeah, fit as a fiddle. That's amazing. My mom is 76, and she's awesome. So I'm incredibly blessed. I don't take it for granted that my parents are very healthy and very much alive. I don't. Um, I I go see them every weekend. They live 20 minutes from here, so you know I'm I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I didn't go see them last weekend because, well, you know, you need to have money to put gas in the tank to get drive. I want to oh, be a smartass about you having good parents, but then I don't because where, do you live? where does Paul yeah. live? I'm I'm in downtown Ottawa. I'm in Centertown, dude. Oh, really? I'm I'm the blue jacket guy from the fucking convoy. That shit took place outside my front door. Wow, I guess you weren't broadcasting during that. No, God, no. He was broadcast. You could hear him for miles. <laughs> I was well, I mean, screaming. So, anyway, so so that's a tattoo. I'm going to get it. Uh, uh, I'm excited. Awesome. I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to regret it. I think I'm going to be so happy once it's done, because then all the agonizing over the years of getting a tattoo will be over. It'll be. Who done. are you using to get it? A great guy is. Uh, his name is Jay. Um, he's. It's going to hurt like a motherfucker. No, it's not. Why? There's no bone here. Yeah, but they they encourage no, drinking. It's really the tattoo painful. artists, don't they? I, I've, Dude, no, I've never had one. Look, oh. look, look! I've had beer bottles smashed in my face. I've had spinal taps. I've had all kinds of surgeries done on me. The the thing is, with with a tattoo, what happens is it's like, so say if somebody broke a bottle over your head, it it's very quick, and then the pain diminishes. A tattoo, it's like, hi. This pain comes in at nine and then it goes to 10 and it stays there for 45 minutes. It doesn't diminish. Paul, you are Some... really a wet blanket, man. <laughs> Just, well, I'm I, happy I, about my fucking tattoo. I, you know what? I'll take some. I'm, look, I'm, I, I want you to be happy. I want you to get it, but you might have to do it in a couple of sessions. This little thing right here that I got. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, it we took see it. 30 it minutes. Like kind of looks like it's a Stigo to be Oh, like yeah. a. Yeah. It took 30 minutes and it hurt like freaking hell. I could not believe the pain. And I've had beer bottles smashed in my you face. Sound, please. <laughs> just I've, like, I've been in car accidents. I get I've it. had multiple concussions as a goaltender in hockey. Fuck. That hurt way more. Those are all very quick things, though. Like this that's, is a prolonged Well, that's event, what I'm getting at. Right? It's what like bang and then the pain diminishes. Whereas with a tattoo, it's like it goes to 10 right away and it stays so in other words in other words paul you support my getting a tattoo but you want to make sure that i'm completely terrified that's right well i want you to know what you're walking into <laughs> you came to the Not right place terrified. benny i'm like that's ah, a shitty tattoo and i'd be it's gonna hurt regret it and, and paul's like you, you should be very afraid my friend you should be very afraid <laughs> i yeah, want you to be prepared for the pain that you're going to feel because it's going to hurt it's going you know, to have given the choice between a tattoo what? and my foreskin I back. I, I would take my foreskin back. Be, before I, get a tattoo. I get it. That's going to hurt. Dude, yeah. my foreskin was gone 
I don't remember it. I want it back. I don't understand. I don't understand. Honestly, there should be class action lawsuits for till the end of time for all these poor saps that had to get their shit cut because of some because I, of belief in a, a Jew, god. I am a Jew that is completely in agreement with you. I yeah, think I'm Catholic. Apparently, my staunch atheism. Verbal altercations <laughs> with other Jews who think I'm a sellout and this and that, whatever. Uh, it makes absolutely no sense. I want it back. Well, it's I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say it's made me a better lover. Why? Because you don't come so quick because it's not as sensitive, right? Well, I don't feel like goddamn thing. <laughs> so it's, it's like, no, 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 no. Uh, are you, are you okay? <laughs> okay. So, so we can uh, go for a little longer. Uh, you're, Longer? Your sexual humble brags are the greatest. It's <laughs> so funny. Well, it's because it's, it's, it's just the truth, James. If you don't well, feel no. anything, how do you get aroused to begin with? Well, that, well, I get aroused when. Wait, the why don't you feel anything? Because the the, the nerve endings are gone. Like they're, they're not there. What did you do? You got circumcised. I'm I circum- got circumcised. Oh, right, I'm circumcised. Yeah, okay. So I, I was I was confused there for a second. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm with you. When 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 I was told that like when it was described to you the difference between the sensation of a circumcised penis and an uncircumcised penis, I am the most jealous man in the world. I'm like, really? You mean it's not just like a very yeah. specific? It's like having a clit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really is. It's like so that really that one spot that, that's right the area, the general like area. right yeah. right there that you have to get right there like that one spot no yeah. no no it's it's all over what really is yeah. that a thing how There's is a that word a thing? for that thing you're you're pointing to i don't know it's like it's like oh. right there. it's called the frenulum thank you frenulum I that's it i don't i don't how would i know i don't have it it's gone no you do oh i do oh, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i don't know my own anatomy Thank you, Ontario uh, Schools. By the way, the pilot of, of my, uh, I guess you'd call it a failed series, though. I had a blast, single white spenny. The pilot was uh, 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 an episode story that I wrote, which was uh, based on a uh, Penn and Teller. Do you remember their show, Bullshit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant show. Yeah. Brilliant so they show. did one on circumcision, which was uh, unbelievable. And it had men that were upset that they were uh, circumcised when they were young. That's right. Uh, so they they had developed a, a system of weights that they put yeah, in yeah. their penis, which folds them weird. and you get it back into a foreskin. I know someone who did that. He used to answer the door like that. I'm not kidding. Yeah. He uh, did it for like two years. And he, and he said he gained like a quarter inch uh, length and some girth and some sensitivity after like a year. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I'm like, okay. But literally, I had a guy come in from L.A. to shoot this uh, uh, footage for this documentary that I did. And I was like, we have to go, we have to go to uh, Joey's house because he did the, um, all the music for the stuff. And so I called Joey, and we go to this house, and he just opens the door. He's like, hey, how's it going, guys? And he's got like five, <laughs> ten pounds of weights hanging off his dick. And he just walks gingerly. And he like, turns around, his hands are on his hips, and he's like, what? I told you I was doing this. I'm not just going to stop because you have a fucking guest. <laughs> so the premise okay. of my story in, in the pilot of, of the sitcom <laughs> yeah. was I go to a bris. You know what a bris is? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, when they cut the penis, I faint and I hit my head. So I end up at the hospital. And when I get at the hospital, the hottest nurse you've ever seen is taking care of me. And when I tell her I was at a bris and she's, you know, helping my head because I got contusions on my head from falling and fainting, 
then she gets uh, mad. When I tell her Metabris, she talks about how absolutely horrible she thinks circumcision is, yeah. and I can't yeah. believe people do yeah. that. Uh, and then, and then uh, I ask her out, and, and <laughs> she says, "She says you're you're not circumcised, are you?" And I lie, <laughs> and I say, no, because I want to get some pee. And then uh, the whole episode is me trying to, in one week, grow a foreskin back. <laughs> okay, that's for our date. That's what a good you, show. I want to like watch Chia that Pet show. stuff on it. Just to David, see. Steinberg, <laughs> David Steinberg directed that particular episode. So oh, a a, and a brilliant, brilliant director, brilliant comedian, brilliant yeah. Canadian, David Steinberg. Love that guy. Great well, title for a show, by the way. Single White Spenny? Yeah, I like it. James, do you remember the David Steinberg show? No. Yeah, I do. I know Spenny, you do, because we're, we're close to the same age. I'm 54, so you must be. I'm a lot younger than you guys. You know that Steinberg got the Smothers Brothers uh, uh, show canceled. Yeah, yeah, I do know that. I do. Know why that. did that? Why did? You, thank you, by the way, David. But why? Because uh, Steinberg used to do uh, a lot of uh, comedy around religion. Uh, oh. he called them uh, pre the preaching, or I can't remember what the word is. Uh, sermons, I think. Okay. And they were very funny, whatever. And uh, he did it once on the show, and uh, they got a lot of heat. The Smothers Brothers from the. Uh, the network saying can't do that. They invited Steinberg back and Steinberg did it again, even though he knew he wasn't supposed to. And they, they lost the show. Wow. Yeah. Was it a live show? Uh, probably not. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. no, it was live to tape, but live to tape. Yeah. 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 Like so they didn't edit a lot out of those shows. They showed basically what they recorded. Right. They don't do a lot of live. Like it was like Saturday night live. Um, you can't do that on television. I don't know how much of Kids in the Hall might have been not sort of uncut. No, that was all. That was, that was all. None of that was live. I'm. Are, you, are we surprised that like shows was live? Sid Caesar, I believe, was was live. Am I right? Or oh, yeah. Wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Is um, it just because networks are like way too risky? You can't fucking do it because I think that the mistakes would actually be the key selling point to something live if you did it right. Like it would it, if you could nail it without mistakes. Awesome. And then if you make mistakes, haha, ha, like it's almost like a live blooper reel or something. Like you well, can make it work. That's what you're doing. If it's a comedy, yes, it, would, it could work. Uh, drama couldn't work if there was no, no. no, 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 yeah, no. And so occasionally they've done like live drama stuff in the last 40 years. Not a lot. Like in, in the 50s and 60s, it was live because tape didn't exist, right? Um, but in, in, in the 80s, it was like, no. And then I remember there was a, a show, uh, I don't recall the, the, the title of the program, but it was about a individual who was on death row and he was executed live on television. Now, it was a, it was a, uh, drama. Uh, it was a drama, of course, but I think they executed him via, uh, uh, injection prior to that actually being a thing in the U.S. Because most of the time it, back then it was like an, an electric chair or some other thing. And it was like 83 or 84 when they, they showed this. And I remember watching this. Um, and it was a live, it was a live show. And and the individual who played the part of the convict, whose name I, escapes me right now, I can't remember. However, it was, it was very... Um, the whole point of the program was to, to drive home the fact that, yes, this person did a terrible thing, 
but are we doing the right thing by doing this and killing them? And they showed how he was on his, they strapped him into the, the bed and everybody was in the audience and the, the gallery. And I remember watching this thinking like, wow, this is heavy duty stuff. And it might've been 1984, 85. And it kind of changed my uh, view on, on, on uh, capital punishment. Cause up to that point I was kind of like, well, you know, if you, if you take a life for life and blah, 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 blah. But at that point I was like, no, no, um, that's wrong. You shouldn't do this. Maybe, I maybe rehabilitate this person if you could. Well, what about? It's funny you say that. I just watched a uh, program on the BTK, the uh, bind uh, torture. torture yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that guy and a Canadian I band. Fuck if he gets to that penalty, but I agree <laughs> with you. There's so many mistakes in the system, and there's so many bad cops and prosecutors. Yeah. Uh, I, I. Uh, I uh, I agree with you, but but there's some people I wouldn't care. I think oh, capital yeah, yeah, punishment yeah. should be reserved for like the um, the serial killers and the child killers, and but it has to be cases that are like it is impossible that he's not guilty. It has to be those cases only. Right. And I, are you surprised, you guys, that there hasn't been a governor? Or Spenny, I guess, because Paul just left abruptly. <laughs> but that there hasn't been some crazy wacko governor in the United States that hasn't decided to televise an execution yet. I'm surprised, well, given the people that govern in the United States. I they're talking about uh, you know having problems with cameras in Congress, so I, they're a long way from that, as far as I can tell. But yeah, I mean, there's some there's some people that would I could see. You're right. It's slightly i never thought about it but yeah it's a little bit surprising it's pretty crazy though because where would you air it uh kids could watch it you know what i mean like there's a lot um you've recently decided to uh drop talking politics on twitter why is that yes um and i have no problems with people that do it's not a, a a judgment against anyone i love doing it i i'm having withdrawals from not doing it i just find that uh you know, what are the odds that I'm going to, you know, uh, communicate with someone or make a post that's going to change anybody's mind? Uh, and, you know, obviously I'm left of center and uh, I hate Donald Trump. You know, it's just never going to happen. So then what am I doing? You know, at, at that point, what am I doing? I'm just uh, it's like a masturbatory thing. Still fascinated with politics. I talk politics on a show like this and Dean show or whatever. Uh, but in terms of social media, it just uh, and it's it's I, I'm a comedian, basically. So, you know, I, I'd rather be funny and do what I do uh, it, it, since I don't realize I don't make it. The only important thing is voting, as far as I can tell, with what it from for me personally. Uh, and uh, but I love politics. I think you, you, if you wanted to, I, I think I know you could do this if you if you wanted to. But I think um, you could probably find a way to do really, really awesome micro content about politics not like Brittle Star, but in a very signature style, the way that he has his signature style. I think he could do some sort of like neurotic monologue about a really important issue and make it funny. I, I think that I think uh, yeah, I'd watch yeah, that. I, I, I probably could, and I've tried it. I, I did a thing where I've got a YouTube channel I'm launching uh, because I lost my uh, my last one. Uh, they mm. canceled it, so now I'm tr- trying a new one. And I, I did some st- stuff where I, stuff where I would uh, uh, projected behind me would be uh, uh, a tweet by uh, any number of right wing uh, you know people that I despise, and I would do something comedic 
uh, about it and very aggressive in terms of my, uh, you know, my feelings about what they had uh, tweeted or whatever. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I'm, I, I just don't think that's the direction I want to go personally. Because I, I think I, you're I, smart. I think you're smart. If it stresses you out, dude. Like you can, like you know, you've talked about it before and how frustrating it is. Um, and and the worst part about Twitter is that the the secret to Twitter is never letting it bother you. Which means the best part about Twitter is the worst part about Twitter because in a way you're just <laughs> yeah, allowing the bullshit totally. to happen and unfettered, right? Well, so you know, I'm like, not even sure that's it with me. Like I I love doing it, and I I, I see so many opportunities when I'm on Twitter. To, to make a smart aleck political remark or an aggressive, uh, insulting remark. Uh, so it's really not that. It's it's just the pointlessness of it. You know, that that at the end of the day, it's just me saying what my political beliefs are. And, and you know, and what I liked about it initially was engaging with people in the comment section. Yeah. And when I realized what a absolute waste of time that is, uh, and then the yeah, bot and everything like be. that. Um, so I haven't changed my politics. I, I'm still fascinated. I, I'm watching the news and reading papers and do all the things that I always do. I'm just sort of putting it on the side burner uh, in terms of social media. So I know that Douglas and I would love to have you as an interview guest at some point in time on our show because um, you, you know you're you're in the public eye much more than we are. Uh, we're 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 like just a couple of dudes who nobody knows who we are, but you, you've done touring about North America. Yeah. uh, And you've done prostate exams on a lot of people. (laughs) That's one thing I'm just like, I'm like, for having the gumption to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's not, well, let me just talk about the the prostate exams. Uh, It's pretty much the most astounding moment of our live show. (laughs) And, just the uh, warmth that you'll feel. Oh, God. You know, and it, 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 if I'm wearing a rubber glove, it doesn't really bother me. I mean, I'm getting paid, you know, a decent amount of money. You know, yeah, right, and, right, right. And, uh, you know, and if that's it's not me talking, making contact, right? It's like the rubber glove. It's 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 not actually yeah, me, just, right? What I, I say just, is I'd stick my head up an elephant's ass mm-hmm. if like, I had rubber around it. And I got, there was a payday at the end. Like, I really don't care. I, and that's just me. But um, I I wanted to do the final one, right? The final fingering, because you can't keep doing the same stuff over and over again. (laughs) And I wanted the, I wanted it the final one to be like some Mounties come out (laughs) with like, you know, the rubber gloves and the lube (laughs) uh, on some kind of tray. And it was like a big, you know, national thing. And, uh, and we never did that obviously, but I did what I thought was the final one. And a week or two later, Kenny called me and he said, I think you got to keep doing it. It's good. <laughs> and uh, and initially, by the way, I I I spinified it. Right? It was is that if I was going to do that, then I'm going to turn it into a prostate uh, a prostate cancer, uh, which is thing. a good thing, right? Oh, that's good. Good except thing. Now, yeah, yeah. Except now they can test for this things without having an invasive uh, digital exam. So yes, then it really. I know. So now it's just like, okay, now we're at the figuring part of the show. Who wants to come up? And I thought, I thought no one would ever come up when we came up with the idea. And I think that in, in uh, somewhere out east, I had six guys. I just went down the row. Boom, 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 boom. Like it's, Did you do two at once ever? Pardon? Did you ever do yeah, two oh, at yeah. once? Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> Dude, if you were Shaq, you could do like hey, four at once. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you if you were Shaquille O'Neal, Spenny, you could do like four or five people at once. Like that would be amazing. Have 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 either of you gentlemen seen everything everywhere all at once? Is that a show? No. It's it's a it's a film that just won a Golden Globe Award for oh, Michelle Yao. I thought it was a philosophical question. Okay. No, no, no. It's 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 a film. Michelle Yao just what Michelle Yao, you know who she is, right? Nope. Um really? Um uh, Crazy Rich Asians, uh uh she was a Bond girl, uh Super Cop. I, I I the first time I saw her in Super Cop, a Jackie Chan film nineteen ninety three. What's I went, her name? Oh my good. Michelle Yao. Y E O H. I she can just, I just say something one second. Uh, James was talking about yeah. TV. Never seen any yeah. of this stuff. I find that uh, I meet a lot of people who are just as into television as I am, but just watch different stuff. So, like, I've never seen that one out of Korea. What was it? The Death Games or whatever. It was oh called. yeah, yeah, yeah. Squid Games. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Spenny, you'll see her picture and you'll be like, oh, that that person. Oh yeah, no, that, that's what you'll recognize her right away. So, yeah. So, what, what so she won a Golden Globe last night or the night before or whatever the hell it was she won a gold globe for for this role and uh, i have had a uh, non-sexual crush on her for 20 plus years because she's like a badass actor performer artist and i completely why, forgot why where i was going her? with this yeah. <laughs> why do you want to bang her why no, we, we were talking no. about fingering people with giant fingers at the same time, and then we we pivoted. Thank you, James. Oh, Thank no problem. James. I'm glad that I'm glad that cleared it up. Go well, ahead. You went out of your way to say that you have a non-sexual crush on her. And That's right. Out. Humble brag. That's another humble brag. That's the fourth humble brag so far <laughs> this episode. Why, why non-sexual? <laughs> well, because um, I'll never ever meet her. She's married, and she's a beautiful woman that I would like to just have a drink with. But there is a scene. But just on a fantasy, would you would you bang her if you could? Forget that she's married and no one would know. Oh, he doesn't use the word bang, Spenny. Would he make uh, love to her? Like a million titans? No, it's nestling okay. a bluebird? Mind boggling to me. I don't even know what she looks like. Um, no, that's not in so my, in Okay, my, fair enough. Fair enough. So anyway, there's a scene in the film, Everything Everywhere All at Once, where she is uh, her partner is Jamie Lee Curtis. And literally, it's it's Jamie Lee Curtis, and, and they have hot dog fingers. Okay. Gigantic hot dog fingers. Hot. <laughs> and that's where I leave it. You got to watch the film because it's like. Yes, I do. That's another thing I'm kind of well known for: hot dog up the butt. Yeah. On the Christmas well, tour, I did a candy cane up my butt. Uh, imagine was, how quick this sequel would be if it was uh, they meet Edward Scissorhands. It's, it's like a three-minute movie. All, ah, it's fuck. all in the same circle, right? It's all in the same circle. The sphincter. That circle. Isn't that ironic or coincidental that they're made of anuses and the ends of it looks like an anus? Isn't that kind of funny? Well, you know. It's anus. anus. Maybe yeah. that's yeah, just anus. advertising. Maybe that's yeah, just anus. clever ex experiential advertising or marketing that they're doing to us. Wasn't wasn't Except that from the? the, uh, the uh, okay, can I say some shows? I, I watched the uh, Welcome to Chippendales on. Uh, I think it was it's, Disney Plus. Holy shit, that's good. Yeah, it right? was great. Yeah, is, yeah, is Keneal, uh He is amazing in that role because he disappears into the character. Oh, he was great. And I, by the way, I and I loved it because I had no. I of course have heard of Chippendales. Yeah, yeah. But I had no idea about any of the story, the backstory. So <laughs> neither did I. I was I, like, what? 
I can I ask awesome. you what the fuck you guys are talking about for a second? What, what do you, you know what Chippendales like? is? No. Yeah, it's a male I know, strip. I know the, the stripper thing from the 80s yeah, where yeah. it looked like Tom Selleck with the, what it is. the fro. Yeah, that's what it is. This is a, uh, a, a series with actors, uh-huh. uh, but based on the, the story of how Chippendales became Chippendales and what oh. happened, the aftermath of it. That's all I'll tell you, but it's fast, it's great. I thought it was this gigantic corporate thing, right? Because it was presented as that. And yeah. then I watched this series and I'm like, holy shit. I know, it's crazy story. It's crazy. And- yeah, Camille uh, Nanjiani is the actor who plays, and he disappears into the role. Yeah, like he's amazing. He's so Absolutely. good in it. He's so, so good. I recommend and, uh, any recommendation on that, and I'm mostly into yeah. documentaries. I think I've told you that, James. That's my thing, docs. Yeah, docs, you did. Um, I, I, I'm I, bad I, ones. I don't care. I'll watch a doc any day. That's a great show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I hate watching series uh, to the point where um, I, I miss probably a lot. Um, but and 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 I hate it when they jump the shark. I, I just it bothers me when things. This jump is the a, shark. it's only like six episodes. There's no opportunity. Oh, good, it. good. I just yeah, had the Effus for Family guys on um, a few days ago. Uh, the writers uh, for Effus for Family and Michael Price, uh, who's an executive producer for The Simpsons and a writer for The Simpsons for like the last twenty years. And it was really neat um, talking to writers. Um, Spenny, you'll probably really appreciate this because the work that you've done throughout your career, but like the way that they talk about the writing room and how all these people, like, you know, writers have egos for their own work, right? And then they have to go into this environment where they have to just get rid of it. And the ideas that come out of it, no one takes real ownership over anything specific because it's the conversation itself that that creates the ideas. And I really think that that's a neat, like, you know, um, work environment. And I'm kind of jealous that I've, I've never had one like that. Like, I, Bill Maher, you know, whatever you think of him. I, I love Bill Maher. heard him talk about how much he loved that, that his life was blessed because he had a writer's room. You know, really? that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you get a bunch of funny people together who are smart, and uh, it's 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 a it's a. I've never been in a writer's room, like a, a real writer's room, or participated in a writer's room with more than one other person with me writing. Uh, so I don't really know, but I can imagine it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I I I would love to. I I wish I had a time machine sometimes and go back and like put my career in one specific direction. But I guess it's never too late. But like. It, it, it was really, I got goosebumps just as a writer, just as a person who's like trying different things right now, writing content. I have a book publishing thing that I have and, and, and it's great, but like, yeah, it just, I, I've never experienced that. I always looked at writing as like a really solo operation, like almost like a fuck off <laughs> kind of operation. Well, that, it, it is like that when it, they're on set, right? It, but the, the writers were, my cousin Marjorie is my hero. Uh, she wrote for Seinfeld. She wrote for uh, uh, Larry Sanders. Uh, she wrote uh, for uh, Square Pegs uh, for the Bob Newhart show. Uh, Square Pegs, holy shit. Yeah, she's that. like your, your hero in, in a lot of ways, right? Pardon? She, she was your hero in a lot of ways, right? Yes, yeah. always will be, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. the reason I got into the whole business, uh, yeah. her and her brother, but uh, basically her. And uh, 
you know, so she, uh, so yeah, I heard a lot of the politics of the writer's room that, you know, her, her writing partner on Seinfeld was, uh, she's a, also a famous comedian. Uh, I can't think of her name now. God damn it. But anyway, she was a stand-up as well. Marjorie was a stand-up. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've never, I never got to that point in my career where I was in a big sitcom that had amazing writers uh, in a room pitching stories and, you know. Yeah, it just sounds so. It just sounds exactly what 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 I would like to do. I I did an acting class once, and it was, and it was fucking awesome. Like it was so amazing. And, and I never. And I, I think I was like thirty five or something at the time. And uh, no, I was younger. I was like thirty. And but it was, uh, it was nothing like I ever expected. And it, and it and it put me in my place. Like I went in there thinking like. Um, Oh, this will be fun, you know what I mean? Like, and and, and the guy I knew, I knew the teacher. Um, he was actually and remains a good friend of mine. His name is Troy Scog. He was he's an actor and an acting coach, and um, and he was like, "Listen, you're gonna you're gonna find your truth in this class, and you're going to like, you know, you, you know, right. tears like might fall. Yeah, yeah tear, tears might fall and everything." And I'm like, "Whatever." And in my head, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. "No, I'm not gonna." I, and I was I was sort of leaving myself open to it, but I was very cynical, and there was a part of me that was never going to not go whatever and even though it was the last guy that went up after watching 10 or 11 people completely like lose their shit and break down i i, I was the last dude i still went up and i was <laughs> like and it took like less than a minute and he broke me he fucking broke me and, and i was just like holy shit and it made me yeah. uh, so first of all it made me really confused that a lot of people that i know like like that that act are not amazingly intelligent people but they're able to get themselves there really quickly like it's not a craft that you need to be like a high iq necessarily although there are many of those as well but um you know it's it, to, to find your truth um in a room full of crew members and cameras and stuff like that i have real respect for that i don't know i i, I i've always had tremendous respect for actors in general but great yeah, actors yeah. Are, are amazing but the whole thing with uh, television and film when you really think about it and break it down, and I've been a part of the process in many different ways, uh, it's, it, it is a true team sport at its best. Like it really is like we have one weak link. It, it could be an editor or a cameraman or a light lighting director. done. Yeah. It's done. It's, yeah, it's it, finished. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it's, uh, cause I, I remember, uh, today, this week, I, uh, somehow I, I got involved with an argument on Twitter about, uh, show business, about Canadian, uh, entertainment and government money going towards entertainment that it shouldn't go with some conservative douchebag, you know, Oh, we should, of course. Yeah. And, uh, I just, I love the industry. I love, uh, I love it. it it's uh, to the point where I'm getting the Marx brothers tattooed on my arm. And, uh, I just, <laughs> It, it's very hard. People don't realize how difficult it is to do something great. I, I think they should change the government system. I, I think there's, a, I, and I mean this, I think there should be um, a, a big grant fund that goes to um, individuals looking to make like, take, uh, like a series or a film. Let's just use those as the examples. And they put out their sizzle reel and or a trailer before they go into production and, and people pick it. People look at the work and they're like, this would be dope. This would be dope. And you can't manipulate it. I don't know how they would do it, whatever. They find a way that to sounds, do it. That sounds horrible to me. No, I'll it doesn't because why. the same fucking four people get the, the grants all the time. Well, no, right? but what, what, what people are going to judge it? Who's going to judge it? 
I don't know. Figure it out. But I, I, and don't put your name on it either. Like seriously, like like I don't think people should put their name on. I don't think people. I went through a situation. I, I I created a kid show. I got the pilot shot, and then they were going to make a decision on whether it was going to go to series. I'm not going to name the network, and I'm not going to name anybody. But uh, they took the market research, which is kind of what you talked about, and it was a disaster for me. I mean, they didn't. Uh, the network didn't pick up the show based on the notes. Uh, from the market research, which was a bunch of kids because it was a kid show. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, I, I'm not saying it was a great show or, you know, but I just saw the process, how it can go sideways very easily. I had, the, I had a show greenlit. Um, I'll say the network. It was CBC. And, um, but they changed executive. They, executives uh, were uh, swapped in and out for whatever division, for the kids division, because it was also a kid show. And um and they and the they yeah. axed every single pick that the yeah. previous executive picked and I was just like okay that's great. exactly the way people people who you know uh, I assume Paul knows a bit about show business he seems very sophisticated the average person has no clue what oh, no, no 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 what it's forget it's so it. twisted <laughs> what do you think is good about the grant system and the way that like everything seems to go to certain producers and certain that directors. I don't know. That I'm not going to comment on because I don't know. But what I will say is that without the government assistance, there would be no Canadian film industry. And I want their... Correct. Correct. And, 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 and not only that, not only that, uh, uh, but the, the money that's directed to the arts in, in this country, um, it's, it's really skewed like terribly, horribly skewed. And a friend of mine, we had a conversation one night about pre-pandemic. I was at a Christmas party pre-pandemic and when I was shooting the shit, and having a conversation and blah, 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 you know how it goes at a party. And he says, guys, you, you don't understand. There's, there's, no, there's no big money for us to do what we do in Canada. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't, there's, like literally, there's like like no fund that funnels money to you to produce content. He goes, no, like none. He goes, I'm lucky. I have family money. I'm able to open up this uh, nightclub here in downtown Ottawa, Northern Street, where I can produce, you know, live live shows. We do nine different things every week, and I'm lucky enough to have that. But for the most part. There's no programs that will help us out. To which I was shocked out of my mind because I always thought, you know, we're this grand, glorious nation where we would provide for each other and help each other out and, and, and provide for the arts. But that's not really well, the listen, case. Well, listen, I think it's not the amount of money that is provided by the government towards the arts. It's where it goes. Like it really, I, I lived in the annex um, years and years ago um, next door to a harpist. And while she did play beautiful music, she got like 80 grand. Okay. To Holy like shit. make it make, this is like in early two thousands or something. And she got like 80 grand to make, to write a book and um, do an album. And like a year later, like after the album had been out or whatever, I was like, how many copies did you sell? She's like 1200. Oh, I mean, copies of the book. I don't know, 180. 
Fucking Ouch. eighty grand. We gave the, so so. I I don't think sometimes the 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 money is directed in a very smart direction. But you know, I'm I don't disagree with the money existing. I, I think that's where I'm. Well, no, that's, that's exactly where I stand. Basically, yeah. I want the money to be there. Don't get me wrong. I want yep. the money to be there. I just wish it was like I don't know distributed better. I mean, how do we do that? I don't know. Kenny versus Spenny was on Comedy Central. And it, though it was a, a co-production with Canada putting in some money as well, uh, but living in L.A. and being on the air there, I, I, I got to see the American machine of show business. And it's just not it's I'm not saying one's better or worse, but it's not Canada. It's a different one's better. Different <laughs> Come on. Completely <laughs> different resources, completely different everything. And, well, uh, I mean, let's let, let's look at. Alan. I don't want to live one sec. I don't want to live in a world where, for a Canadian artist, they have to go and make it in L.A. But do, do you know what makes Agreed. it? Do you know what makes Agreed. it kind of? Do you know what makes it kind of sad? Actually, is that all the great? Uh, like, I mean, it's like what one out of three really big movies is probably shot in Toronto, something like that, at least. And and so you can tell and everything. What's sad is that. Um, it's Canadians that are really working on that. Like the crew are all Canadians. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, but then when the Canadian production happens in the exact same location with the exact same people, a lot of times it's garbage because they, they, I guess they don't have the money for the, like the, well, to make it look better. You know, I hate like, to say this. I hate to say this, but what you're saying is that the crews are all Canadian, but what they call in the business, the above the line talent, uh, which is editors. I'm actors, saying less money is what I'm saying. I'm just saying less money. Yeah, is, 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 is. Is, is, yeah. It's, it could be the same people um, and they're making whatever they're making. That's fine. But this, I don't know. I, I'm not well versed enough to know if it's less money on the front or back end of production. But when you see the finished product, when you see the finished product, you're like, oh, Canadian. You can tell it's Canadian sometimes when you just when you just turn the channel. You're like, oh, it's Canadian. Because, but here's the thing. Because we don't have an infrastructure like they do in the states, so the directors and the actors, uh, they're they're performing different kinds of work at a pre very high level. Uh, we don't have that here, really. Uh, so that's why I think you're looking at the same. Wait a second, it's the same crew, but all the above the line is Canadian. It's not as good. And I just think we just have to do what we do. You know what I mean? We can't yeah. compare ourselves to uh, United States in that regard. And some people would not even want to. Which is well, I, I I get that too, you know. Yeah. But we have to you know, look at any film from De Denmark or any socialist country. It's a it's a different kind, and, and even the the UK. I mean, it's just a different. You know, you you adapt to what you have, what you can work with. You know why why have that dick measuring contest? Because again, quite frankly, again, if no no no, no dude dude, if we're gonna have that, we're gonna win. We know you're going to win, Paul, from what I heard earlier. No, no. It's, it's oh, not I about me. I can't you guys thought of that. <laughs> Sorry, go on. James Cameron is the biggest filmmaker in the world, right? Yeah. And he absolutely 100% is 100% Canadian. Mm. He, he, he does not have a U.S. citizenship. And every time he's been offered to him, he's like, no, fuck you. I'm Canadian. I will always be Canadian. I will die Canadian. That's it. That's all. Period. And what has he done? Oh, I don't know. You know Avatar, Avatar Two, Titanic, uh, German. He he's fundamentally changed how filmmaking is made. Well, that, there's no question. But he but didn't look, do it here. At, but wait a sec. Look at music. Look at comedy. Canadians are incredibly well. We rule it. We rule it. Yeah, we. we yeah, I don't it. know. But we're like way up there with with anybody else. The thing is that they go. Uh, Cameron can't make his movies here. 
they don't have the infrastructure and the apparatus and the, the promotional machine and, and the population. What? Like and well, the population and the like, money. Let's be honest. The well, money. Uh, all of that is true. And remember this. This is really important. In the last twelve years, the top ten artists in on the Billboard record charts for the last twelve years have been Canadian. All yeah, of them. Drake, Justin Bieber. Right, so yeah, Weekend. it goes on and on. Yeah. All of them. We're All of them. They're two different conversations. It, it agreed. Canadians are extremely talented in every. Just the money. I don't care if you're news broadcasting. Uh, you know, Peter Jennings, go on and on and on and on. We're at the top tier of that. But if you're going to stay in Canada and, you don't and have the produce cash. your work, it's it's just going to be different. It's going to be less money. It's going to be less promotion. It's going to be less. And that's okay, too. It's not even, you know, Look, thank God we have that option. The Canadian film ever made was uh, uh, Passchendaele, right? Uh, yeah. At the time. The World War One. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Paul Gross. Like you mean the, oh. about a Canadian story or a Canadian production? Both. Where's the crash? Technically a Canadian film? Canada. Really great stuff that I've seen. I can never remember uh, the names of them, but just uh, amazing, amazing work. But guys, I got to go. James, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I knew that. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, I was about to say. Spenny? Dude, thanks for yeah. coming yeah. out. Thank uh, you so much. All the, yeah, you're welcome, James. Uh, pleasure. Mm. Uh, happy uh, casual Friday. Thank you. Uh, I've got kids I got to deal with, and mm. uh, love you guys. Love you too, man. Love Thanks, Jenny. Brother. Take care. That was Spenny. I love Spenny. Oh, what an awesome dude, right? Yeah. Like no, he's great. fucking. Not only is he uh, globally famous and and like this incredible actor and you know comedian and all the bit, but he he just wants to hang out. <laughs> yeah. Just, a he's like Canadian a friend of the fellow. show now too. He's been on enough. Like he's been on a bunch of times now, and oh, yeah. uh, you know he's uh, no, he's always fun to talk to. He's always himself. Talk to him off air. He's just the same guy, right? Same like, guy. He's just, same guy. Yeah, yeah. he's a uh, he's yeah. uh, he's a good cat. Um, it's great. Casual Friday. No one's taken up on on the link that I sent. Um, the, the, which is fine by me. I just sent it into the comments. I hadn't planned on anyone else coming on the show at all. Um, when Ryan's here. He has his like thingamajiggy, and um, I got it. I have, have one a, of those have the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, okay. I do. Um, I'm gonna. My buddy's. Uh, he wanted to meet Spenny, but now Spenny's gone. I think he's about to. <laughs> he's about to pop on. Poor um, <clears throat> Yeah, he was. Uh, he was the cat that like reminded me of Spenny. And when I would watch, I would look at Spenny, look at him, I'm like he's just like you. Because <laughs> like, when we stuck, when I, you know the, the whole Madison Square Garden story, that's who I was with. And 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 the whole time he's like, Jamie, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? Stop, what? what oh, Jamie, oh fuck! But he'd still follow. <laughs> right? he, would, he would follow all the time. Do you nice. have any stories like that where you snuck into anything? Uh, yeah, more. more. A lot, like I, I, yeah, a lot of those. Yeah, give me those. I loved. I used to love. It was such an accomplishment. I snuck into the Toronto airport's uh, baggage area once. Like I just like walked through the doors with the security guards <laughs> that you couldn't walk through, and someone walked towards me. The doors open, and I just slithered kind of through. And I stand beside my buddy who's waiting for his bag to come on the carousel, and he's uh 
he's really tall. He's like six five or whatever. And he looks down and he's like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Hey, man." He's like, "How the f- how the fuck did she get in here?" I'm like, oh, "I just got past the guard, and went through the door. I wasn't supposed to go through." And it was like 2014. It wasn't like it was like pre 9 11 world or whatever. But um, I like doing that shit. I don't know. I, I go okay. where I'm not supposed to go. I've, you know? I've got a good I've got a good story. Yeah. Um, this this is back in the '90s, okay? So you know, like a hundred years ago, for for the it maybe Gen Z who might be watching. I um, uh, decided I'm going to take a couple of weeks off work and do some some traveling. And uh, a friend of mine at the time who lived here in Ottawa was a um, a lovely young Russian woman who literally moved here from Saint Petersburg. And she grew up in the uh, Soviet era. So one day, we're having a conversation, and I'm like, uh, hey, Alina, tell me, what was it like to grow up under Soviet Russia? She goes, uh, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Westerner, and it's, I, I don't understand what you may have, you know, please explain. She goes, so, um, yeah, I, I Grew up in uh, Saint Petersburg, and my parents were both uh, artists who lived in the underground. They were Bohemians. They smoked a lot of pot, and uh, they listened to rock and roll. And uh, they made pictures. I'm like, what? That that sounds awful. This is <laughs> what the? This is what I I yeah. Uh, like, she probably slept in a fucking pillowcase, you know. I I wanted like this sort of this this hoveled, horrible. I you know, lived under the Russian Soviet regime, and it was all this. No, no, she's like my parents were Bohemians. I don't know. Yeah, ramen Some, noodles. You know, like come on, man. Not, it wasn't she a good had existence. no fucking nutrition. Idea. Had no, no idea. Nutrition. No idea. When I was a kid, dude, I I thought I swear to God, I thought this. Um, I thought that. The communist. I, I think I was always thinking of Russia because it yeah. was a communist country. I thought that when you went there, everything was in black and white. Oh no, no, no! That's not an outlandish thought. I, it isn't. Same oh, thing. Good, no, good no, 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 no. Same thing. I remember saying to my mother at one point. Uh, I was, I don't know, eight or nine years old, whatever it was. I'm like, what? Um, so, mom, like things weren't black and white back then. She goes, what? What? Huh? Huh? What what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, well, you know, everything I watched on TV and the movies, and I thought, I thought the 1950s were in black and white because I was a dumb kid, and how would I know any different? I think it's kind of interesting now. Like, it'd be a good movie concept too. Um, <laughs> we have a guest, a special guest, straight out of the chat overlay. <laughs> Hello, hello, Danielle. Danielle, what's your last name? Hi, I forget your last how name. Are you? Pardon? Baker. Daniel. Daniel Baker, are you on a tablet or a safari? Oh, God. Is it a problem? Yes, I am. Yep. No, actually, it's, it's nope, not it's a problem. Bad, actually. I can already tell. No, no. She already went in and out. Do you have a different um, device or a different browser? I can. You shall. <laughs> You're going to give the boot. Joe, gonna, uh, we have a hey, guest. Up? His name's Joe. Hi, Joe. How you, are you, buddy? Give me a minute to jump out. I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta you don't have to say that. You can just jump out. Okay. No, because then you know people listening are like, I don't know. What were you coming to say, Joe? How are you, buddy? Just, 
I'm good. How are you? I promise not to terrify you with a horrific visual this time. Okay, great. We're off to a good start. I thought so. I thought so. What's going on with you? What do you have around your microphone there? That is actually a gift I got from a friend of mine's uh, daughter. She made me a bracelet. And you know what? Now, okay, it's great. It's lovely. It is. It is. You know what? She she took time. She was eight years old. She made it herself. I'm like, you know what? I will now keep that on there just as a memento of what you did. Yeah. If it gets too uh, cold, it could just like fire off. So you got to make sure you're not standing over top of it, right? Like I do. Yeah. It's uh, it'll probably take my eye out. Yes. Well, you're wearing glasses, so I am. Uh, it's I'm glad we went over this. Out. Safety first, Joe. <laughs> Safety first until you know it breaks the glasses. But you know what? I'm optimistic. Why not? That's right. We're going to bring Paul back in. Paul, have you met Joe before? Yeah, we've uh, briefly met on the show. Uh, yeah, like we chatted quite a bit. Yes, chatted quite a bit on text. And we've we've texted each other a few times, I think. Eh? We are we're both in the same city. Though? I'm a developer. I'm actually a uh, I'm now a manager, which is weird. Uh, in IT, so we do a lot of IT development. Nice. Um, done a lot of IT development from different companies and nonprofits. So you're the guy that works at the office where no one else can do what you do? <laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, a little bit I'd love to now. be that guy. I really would. Yeah. It's uh so I mean on which is kind of cool in certain ways cuz I mean the other thing I also do is I do a lot of live streaming myself. So instead right. of doing sort of talking, I actually go out into and try to film actual events going on. So downtown Ottawa, I'll actually film the convites, you know, as to what's going on. So I'll actually bring equipment out and, and try to do that. So um, I'll try to see if I can get some live, live footage. Um, so I'm actually going to announce this now before uh, tomorrow. I'm actually going to be trying to be going to Peterborough tomorrow during drag time story time and try to capture some life footage of what's going on there. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. Dude. No, we're not going to talk about that, but that's just what's going to happen. <laughs> well, actually, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I'll, I'll, let, hang let, a second. Let, I'll talk about the tech behind it. How's that? No, I want cool. to talk. I, I, I think I want to talk about that only, only in one way. Just, just okay. one way. Just, I'll say one sentence that I think like says everything I'd want to say about that whole thing. Sure. If the entire is in no way provocative, I don't care. However, if they're Agreed. dressed like club kids, I care. And I would if it was just a bunch, a couple of dizzy fucking men or women that that were just doing it um, the same type of thing. I just don't understand why the attire in the cases that it happens to be like this ha- has to be like that. That that it's too it's too scandalous sometimes the attire. Other than that, I don't give a fuck. That's basically where I'm at. I mean, I've I've also um, I don't know what any of that means. Emil, you're right. I've done a lot of .NET programming. You will understand what I mean by that. Um, that was a way too nerd for everybody here. I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, in regards to drag time story time, my position is I see very little difference between Mister Stressup and drag times a drag story time. Completely agree. Costumes, there's outfits. Everybody involved there is really? having a good time. You don't? No. No, yeah, I don't, I don't no, remember, no, no. I don't remember Mr. Dress Up ever wearing, like, you know, 
assless chaps or something. There, there are some that are like. That's not a thing that happens though. For, that doesn't for, like, happen in drag story, story time. time. It's, it's not, not a thing. It does have some. No. Listen, uh, there's no, there's no, 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 no. no. There, there is no like you're right or wrong about this one. There are instances that are clearly wrong and instances that aren't, and that's that's the way that I think you have to look at it if you're being honest about it. I don't think people. Um, dressed in any burlesque type should be reading stories to kids i don't give a fuck if they're men women drags or not i, I don't give a fuck to drag queens or or not it doesn't matter there's just a certain look that i don't think is appropriate for kids and that's it, it and, and 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 it yeah. doesn't have to be drag it could be regular like people that aren't drag queens that are that are dressed like that i i see where you're saying there uh, now mm-hmm. whether it be drag or whether it be non-drag if there's a merry widow involved yeah, I can agree with you that there might be something there in question. To this, I will turn around and say, bring me said video, photo, whatnot, of that occurring at a drag story, and then it we'll exists. talk about it. It, it, it exists. And, and, I know, and I know that, like, you know, it's, it's just, come on. Like, like it, it exists just for the sheer fact that math exists. Because you you take a certain amount of anything, and you're going to find um, that there's going to be a few that are that are bad. And I think that I don't think anyone would have a problem with 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 um, with this idea. It it is it, it's never really been about like it's not necessarily always about whether the children whether it's the children need to see it. Sometimes I just wonder who thought of the idea and why because there wasn't ever like a a time where I think that you could ask someone about um, like a drag queen performance. And then not think that it's probably for people who are 18 and older, even though it's not nudity. Like, I, I think most people would just assume that that was the case before this ever existed. And now we have to take a look at it in a different lens, and that's fine. But the lens should be all about, like, okay, we're, we have to change the culture of the typical drag queen event, which everyone thought was for 18 and older, like a burlesque event kind of thing. And then we have to change that into something that you can do in front of kids. So it's not like the 18 thing and older. And that's fine because it's thoughtful. But you can't just like expect me to be like, no, no, no. Exactly like that. <laughs> just no, like, but I mean, like, yeah, but I still, I haven't seen any. I, from all the scene, uh, stuff I've seen in regards to it, to, it uh, you, you look for it. Like, I mean, I, and I'm careful. I, I, I know which, look which for sites every, are bullshit and which aren't. Like, you know, it, it thing, if you look for anything on the internet, you'll find it. No right. matter how bizarre and twisted it is. You know, but like I think that's 34. the conversation that people are having that no one understands that they're having. So, so we proved it right now. So there is a side, and and sometimes you know you just have to grin and bear the fact that the side that you agree with you might not agree with almost anything else that they agree with, but like, you know, and they may come at it from a place of hate and I don't, but like, I, I think that, um, you know, there is truth, um, in, in that I've seen from reputable sources. And then, and there's like, there's stories about pedophiles who have used it, co-opted the Drake's Drake queen story to actually do something that, that isn't like an urban myth. It's just that it's so anecdotal that people don't think that you should ever bring it up. And it's just like, well, why not? You should be able to bring up anything in this world. You know, you shouldn't have to label something as only this, but you shouldn't be afraid of saying what has existed, you know, like, yeah, but, but I mean, 
You can also go on the internet and go find information in regards to vaccines are dangerous to you. Yeah, of course we know that. And I talked about that. I talked about that yesterday, and I think we should be able to talk about that too. Well, we can no. certainly talk about it, yeah. but it's like let, let's not get carried away and go like the COVID vaccine is what is the reason that Lisa Marie Presley died. There's no evidence to support any of that. Okay, well, that 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 obviously that's on its face is self evidently ridiculous because right. they do that with every death now too. By the yeah, way. yeah, 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 it, and it's gotten to be to the point where like. I'm a pacifist, but I want to punch people in the face. I think that we should have had a real-time report of every person who died of the vaccine so we could see with our own eyes how rare it is. That's what I'm at. Yeah, yeah. It's like a real-time count. Not like you shield everybody. Because as bad as the... I talked about this last night, too. The the right... The reason why they are bad is... To me, self-evident because I am not, uh, you know, I'm not a right winger. I can look at them with the most critical eye ever. Mm-hmm. I think that the people that control the really rabid fucking right wingers are uh, intentionally mislead them in order to oh, fulfill yeah. their cause. I know that happens, right? Like, and I, you see it, it and it's a large enough swath where it's clear. Um, and the left, uh, and it's, and I don't care. It's not about equivalent. So I hate it when people do it. It's a false equivalency. I'm not equivalizing anything. I just think one is this kind of bad and the other is this kind of bad. But the left do this social engineering thing. They're like, oh, you know, we don't really want to, as a journalist, as a, as a media outlet, we don't really want to run stories about dangers of vaccines because we want people to get vaccinated. That I fucking can't stand either. I yeah, hate that. Either. Like, know? let's be honest. Let's be honest, right? The problem, uh, yeah. the problem is there's a, there's a certain amount of of uh, the population that uh, they don't understand honesty, they don't understand truth, they understand what they're told, and I don't know how to work with that. Sorry, Paul. To also add to that, they also don't understand critical thinking to help them answer those the very things you're saying. Indeed, indeed. It's like it's very elitist for us to talk like this. We should just be able to give people the kind of facts that we that that exist. And I like real time. Like, do you remember the John Hopkins? um, No, 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 hold on, hold on. on. Do you remember the John Hopkins interactive auto refreshing COVID map that was there at the beginning? And all the states in the it was just the United States and all the and all the states in the United States um, reported into this John Hopkins data map. And, and it was like a real-time running of, like, cases and deaths. And it was, like, always kind of whatever. They should have had that for, like, every important thing. They should have had that yeah. for deaths for people that had one pre-existing condition, two and three. Not to sway anyone, but to just give them the facts. So that we all could have looked at this in, with the same lens from the very beginning. And what we did instead was we like editorial decisions were made and government decisions were made at the communications level and the messaging level where they were seen from the same playbook. And it was this was the playbook. Don't tell them things that might alarm them and don't report things that are anti-vaccine and don't report things that are anti-mask and don't report. And even if there were stories that were legit stories that were critical of each one of those things, they made the choice not to tell us because we're children and they decided to give us the UFO treatment where it's like, we don't want to cause a social panic and tell them about the aliens. Like, like that's what they were like with everything. 
And I, and I, I fundamentally disagree with that. And I think that fomented the right. I think that helped create a certain uh, swath that contributed to like the convoy protests. I think it fucking like fed into all of it. And and, and I think we did it wrong. And yeah. there's an expression well, I, I remember here as something that that's kind of goes against exactly what you just said, James. A person is smart and people are stupid. I've been hearing that for years, right? Like, uh, you, you know, like, well, not really since politics class in like you know, in college, like twenty thousand years ago, whatever it was. Um, the mom mentality is. I'm just saying, strong. like, like, like our teacher used to always say, you know, like we live in a we live in a country where eighty percent of us are morons, and who are you going to listen to? The the ten smart people, the ten average people, or the eighty morons? He's like, well, we listen to the eighty morons, and you know what? That is, I guess, the price of um, a democracy, and that's and that's fine by me, because the battle for bad ideas will only be won by good ideas, and the only good ideas that we have to work with are things that are true, and the only way that we can work with true things is if we communicate them, and I, I feel like um, we have a disinformation campaign against a social engineering campaign of a different sort, and and I I, I find that we're all just sort of helpless to it, and uh, and and I don't think that that. That's why when I when I used to approach social media, I approached it from a perspective of I'm going to try to like only make sense, even if I'm a little snarky, because I don't want to contribute to just the snarky for the sake of it. And I realized that was a losing battle after a while. But I, I, I feel like social media is the reason that we all think like this now and that and and, you know, and why we don't think now. And I think. um you know, we have to do something about that. We have to like, we have to have pro fuck protesting governments. We need to start protesting big tech's algorithms. We need to literally protest algorithms. <laughs> like if AI is going to take a big chunk out of us, we should be able to protest against some of these programs even like, like how are we going to navigate the waters now or sorry in the future when right now we can barely fucking, we're all suffocating on top of one another. You know, like we're worried about who owns Twitter for fuck's sakes. Why are we even caring? Why is anyone caring about that? And I like, know. you know, and, and why is Twitter, if it's not real life, why is, why does like, what is it? 70% of the news now come from Twitter. Like, uh, you know, the, the, there's an entire editorial business. People like have jobs where their job is literally to like pluck comments from social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook. And it's just messed. And just write, sto build stories around that. Mean tweets well, are, are yeah, like, it's crazy. I'm, I was talking to somebody yesterday about that. And, and it's like media, and this is an old story that, uh, that I'm sure I'm copying, uh, I'm repeating for somebody else where like even journalism today has changed a lot from what it was, uh, you know, when we were younger, like, you know, back in the 80s, 90s, where right. it was, you know, I mean, back then, the, the, the cadences were, it's like, you know, your print media was in the morning and maybe the evening edition, depending where you were. Um, you had the 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock news, and might have noontime news. And so everything was done on deadlines, but there was also the process and making sure everything was enforced with, you know, you know journalism standards, double sourcing, all the rules were held truth. up. Truth. Exactly. There was truth, there was accountability, and everything was kept in a place. Nowadays... That's changed greatly where because they're competing so tightly just to get even just one click that they need people to jump in there. And they, you know, so that these guys are trying to get as quickly as possible. And it's no longer the cadence of you're waiting for the news for six o'clock. It is as quickly as you're opening up Twitter. And the competition is there is so tight and fast that we're going to, you know, 
that truth has to be sacrificed to make sure I get it out the story out there. Yeah, that's uh, the corp. That's yeah, I know it's the click farm stuff. So um, we have apparently media. a rapper joining us named Danny B. Um, but you're 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 on, but I can't hear you or see you unless you haven't spoken yet. Can you speak, Danny B? Her wave. Nope, she's having trouble. She's out again. So we'll bring her back when she's. I'm good. very quick on the draw. You, I, 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 I want to develop a reputation for that, like you know, for 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 being a person at any second, I could just like like get rid of you, and it's not. Don't take it personally. I just have to for my own well being. It's it's yeah. It's just a sense. Totally I need, I need, it's a sense of control that I have, and and, and I, I need to maintain that in order for this to go well. The thing is, it's 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 not a it's not a control thing. It's it's more about uh, you want. The show to be good, and I don't remember it, who it was, but that guy at the be the first one of the first shows was like, uh, uh, um, hi, <laughs> or something, and I was like, I, was, I can't, I can't. No, do you're this. out. You're out. <laughs> who that was, but you want to have a good show so that the people who are viewing it can can enjoy it, and there's going to be mistakes and mess ups and all that, and that's fine. But if you have a guest who comes in and it's like there's Yes, we're we're waiting for you. Please show what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. I got, a, I got a quick question though. Paul, have you been sponsored by Road? Just out of curiosity. No, no, I've not. No, no, no. no. It's Has just, your I microphone like, ever been Road? Uh, all my mics are Road. I, I have a couple of Sennheiser mics actually. Um, <gasps> here's the weird part. I, I'm I'm a sales rep for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't give me no love, so fuck them, right? You're a sales rep for a company that you just said fuck them. I think. No, sure? I'm not. By employed. the way, this is live, and I'm sending it to your employer. So I'm not ahead. employed by the company. I'll clip that shit for sure. I'm not employed by Sure, but we, uh, the company that I am am employed by, is a, is a representative for that company, and they don't give me any love, so fuck them. Paul, I don't want to alarm you, but I think an orb just floated in your in your view. Probably. Have you guys ever seen that? There's there's a clip of a woman yeah. who's like who is resigning from QAnon or something. Yeah, I do. Yes, like, that her. shit was crazy, dude. Uh, <laughs> she's like, stop floating and I the see orbs. Your orbs. The You're orbs. not gonna be able to stop me, orbs. And I'm like, you mean the little insects that are flying around your apartment? Like, oh. like, isn't that oh, what it is? Those are bugs, bad. right? Well, it's, yeah, it's I, to me. I was like, are the orbs in the room with you right now? No, but you could see them. You, you knew what she was talking right. about because you could see them. And but you know what it like, is? Yeah, it's, it's dust. It, it's like literally dust that flows, yeah. and the light reflects it. And it like the naked eye can't see it, but the way the light hits it, it looks like this thing. I'm like orbs. Stop sending the orbs. I'm like, oh, it's just dust. Just, you know hold on, I have an update. I have a Danny. Place. I have a Danny B update. Um, oh my God, I'm gonna lose it. Says Danny uh, B. Um. All she needs to do is have uh, tech that works. <laughs> so, so you own a computer. You of all people know how much I love, absolutely love, um, uh, beautiful woman. Well, of course that. Yeah, who does? But, but your but, penis. Well, <laughs> it's mine, so of course I love it. Okay. But it, it, yeah. so I was right. Thank you. And Paulie's Sorry. been derailed. I was <laughs> I had to take a moment to take a breath there, but but it's um my favorite rapper 
who is the absolute beast. You know who she is. You've interviewed her a couple of times. I'm like, I want to. I I want to hang with her. Who? Did I? Eternia. Oh, oh Eternia. Oh, I know Eternia. Eternia's like a like a buddy. Like, um, you know, we go way back. Like we've been like running into each other in the city of Toronto for like since like you know the late nineties oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and we have she, a lot of mutual friends. She is so good. If 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 you like hip-hop if you like rap if you like to hear somebody who spits rhymes better than any human being on earth you need to discover attorney yeah also what does this mean my i have my tech person on go can can you tell me what this means joe emil says that i stream from a 56k bod i think think he's talking about danielle having the 56k bod modem James, Dude, you're you old from a 56k baud modem with a potato oh, for a camera. What's a 56k baud modem? Is that what Starlink is? Because that's what I have. No, no, no dude, dude, no. you didn't have dial-up back in the day. 56. Dude, Emil is telling me this now because I got rid of Danielle because uh, because I, I I half of her audio was was not coming in for me. No, no, he's like, this is, did look, you at, look, at, look at, this is his, this is the white knight moment on the chat overlay on agreed, Black agreed. casual, but I'm like, casual Friday. but the face of bad money, did you not have dial up back in the day? I did. Yeah. Way back in the day. My dad, I had a modem in my house in like 1982. Cause my dad was like a computer programmer that made okay. like, yeah, that, that, you know, he was a, he was a fucking 24 inch bad modem. Okay. So yeah. 56 K was one of the last iterations before we ended up to going into digital with oh, between the DSL, uh, ISDN and then eventual cable. I do agree with Emil about the, the camera being shitty, but I feel like it's part of my brand now. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what are you going to do? I'm gonna pour a coffee. You guys can talk amongst yourself for. Yeah, yourself. we can do that. We, do I do I gotta send James a new camera or some shit like that? Like a, maybe. Well, does he have like an actual crappy camera, like the one that's on a laptop, or is it like an actual camera? He's just not properly lighting. I no, his lighting is actually pretty good. His backdrop is good. Um, well, he's got a good I, backdrop, but the problem is that if you don't have enough lighting on on yourself, yeah. like you got great lighting, you got wonderful lighting. The camera's really? not struggling. I thought I thought my lighting sucked. Well, no, well the camera's not struggling. So, like the camera will be struggling when this frame rate drops and whatnot, and you'll see that a little bit with James, where it's starts to slow down. That's why I kind of wondered if he had enough lighting going on there. Um, uh, well, for me, I'm, I'm just doing right now the the overhead lighting. I'm not firing up my my actual spot to come on to me. Oh. It, you're living you're close to where i live are you not like not too far from I, me well i'm in the same city i'm in ottawa so but yeah, i'm in the south end, so i'm around south keys so it's it's uh, it's, it's ottawa fuck everything's yeah, close yeah. <laughs> like literally everything in ottawa is like a 15 minute drive right yeah this is not I toronto mean, no i need to stretch the matter right imagination toronto <laughs> everything in toronto is one hour from toronto exactly yeah, no, 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 everything. No, I mean, I'm South Keys. I mean, I've, I mean, last year I was going downtown every weekend. So, you know, I, I even sent you a message once or twice in regards to, I'm going out here and I'm streaming live at our big, uh, these events and protests. And I've had some wonderful events, but I'm like, God damn, like the one I stream, I remember texting you about this was, I just finished capturing um, a, a protest that started at Parliament Hill. Mm. And it was for um, 
the the Congo uh, in regards to the issues that they have with uh, Rwanda. Who are, and there's a whole story to it, which is like kind of interesting if you didn't know about it. Well, and they started I, their protests. So, so it has to do with the resources that are being stolen from the Congo and being sold. So, and they want to get that resource deemed as sort of like like a the same thing as the blood diamonds. So I, I have a bit of a connection with the African continent that a lot of people mm-hmm. might not know about. My parents lived in uh, my my mom and dad um, uh, lived in Botswana for four years. Oh, in in Haberone or Gaborone. Were you there too? Haber- I, I I spent uh, six weeks there, and it was a life changing event for me. I. Um, so when I when I when I ventured there, I was in the depths of the worst depression of my life. Um, uh, it was it was bad. It was really really bad. The the the, the uh, state my my uh, consciousness was in, and I uh, spent six weeks um, with my mom and dad, and my 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 um, sister. One of my sisters came to visit, which was magnificent because you know you're with your parents in, in in on another continent and and you have your your sister with you and it was a life changing in the sense that i i um wow uh, give me a sec here <laughs> um take your time there's no rush. Well, you know, if 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 you've seen my my ASMR channel, I'm pretty open about yeah. st- stuff on that, and I, I I I'm not going to hold anything back here this evening. But um, I need a moment or two to to collect my thoughts. Uh, my 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 folks, um, were they came from modest means. And uh, my my father, um, Air Force, uh, worked his way up and became a. Um, he he made it to the highest rank he could possibly make in in in, in his uh, line of work. Um, so he he, he uh, was offered this uh, thing called the FRP, the Forces Re- uh, Reduction Plan, and they said could take this money. And he's like, "Well, I don't know about that. Let me just let me just go talk to my you know family." And he sat down with my mom and dad. Mom um, and dad. <laughs> he sat down with my sisters, uh, who are way smarter than I am. And they went, you, if you don't take this, you're stupid. So he took the deal and boom. Next thing you know, he gets this job offer from this um, other company. And he ends up living in Botswana for four years. And my mom goes there and both my sisters visit and I go to visit. And it, it was a life-changing life-altering moment in in my stupid existence because here I am, this dumb old white guy who thinks, you know, shit is great. And and then I meet I meet all these wonderful 
incredible people who live with next to nothing and um, they have no stress and they're the happiest people I've ever met in my life. And I went, oh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, when I come back home to Canada, maybe I should take a better look at how I live my life and no. do my best to be. No, I mean, you're, you're everything's fine. To, yeah. To associate, to associate like, you know, my living standard should be okay because somebody else's is a wrong approach when it comes to mental health. I mean, and and I know you've probably learned that lesson now. I'm, I'm valid, sure valid. Where it, yeah, it has yeah. nothing to do with income, has nothing to do with this. Mental health is exactly that. You know, you know, if you know, if 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 somebody gets you know any other medical condition, like whether it be cancer, whether it be anything else, it has nothing to do with your income. It's just this is what happens to the body. Yeah. Mental health already, is no different. I already and, had the cancer, so I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I don't think Excellent. you guys really understand the genre of casual Fridays. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we're supposed to have some. We're not here for this. Was, All right, guys? It's true. It's true. Well, it's because it's because by my I'm already dealing wife is... with, like, uh, with, with Emil's white knight complex in the chat there. I'm watching, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm here for your, t I can't stand listening to James. Just well, I'm afraid of what to it, say because you? last time I told you about the mother-daughter thing and you kicked me out, so... You just reminded me of it again, Joe. Like, come on, man. Like, like you, can't, you can't. I'm a very visual guy, right? Like, people have to understand this. Like, you know, you go to that well once, and I kick you off, and then you mention it again, and I picture the same thing again, and it just gives me the willies. I can't. I can't do it. But that's all part of the fun, right? Like, you know, this I, is. I, yeah, okay. For, for, no, look, it's, casual it's your Friday, show. Man. It's your yeah. show. So That's right. That's right. And, and you know what? I, I can take the I can take the chat overlay drama. That's fine. It's it okay. adds to it as far as I'm concerned. I, I think that I, I'm not really. Di In fact, I will even say this: I was really dissing. You really want to know the truth of it? Restream. I had took it out on Danielle because she's using the tech that Restream doesn't really mesh well with. It's not her fault. It's Restream's yes. fault. Yeah. So um, if you, that if that helps you, Emil, um, sleep tonight with your shield and your sword secure. <laughs> on your wall as you defend the honor of safari which i guess is what you're doing um how many have you had tonight paul because you're doing that thing where your head is kind of like this a little bit well so this this is would be the second beer at my home oh does, does that does it restart when once you change locations no, 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 no. Because bar hopping is really popular, I think, because of that. So I, I was at the pub earlier, and uh, I was there with my buddy, uh, Phil, who is a, a really um, great human being who has, you know, he, he has a tough time because his job is messed up. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. So we, 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 had a, we had about five or six drinks. And maybe two scotch. So I don't know. This is like you're like you're at ten now. Oh, oh Danny. Okay, like, like uh, yo, yo, Danny B. What up? Is it terrible still or no? That is perfect. That is you're so awesome. Better. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's right. See, praise, praise little me. Baby. Praise me. I did this. I kicked you out. Made you get better tech. The came back in. Lies you got tell better tech. It. 
If it makes you feel better, cool. What do you mean? It's right there. People just have to rewind. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm just it's not it's not your fault. It's Restream's fault. I don't know why everyone's getting all personal about this. No, Emil's really like threatening is. to like take yeah, my so. life from the other side of the world because you you know because of your tech issues. Actually, I didn't know where Emil is. For some reason, they I thought he was not... in Europe. Yeah, he no, in... he's in Ottawa. Oh, oh no, Emil's in, in, in Emil's in Sweden. Sweden. Oh, well, that's what I said. And he's my brother, but he's not fighting. For... Restream is trash. Yeah. First of all. Yeah. So Danny, so, be worried. I'm not going to argue with you. You know. That's facts. No, no, I wasn't shitting on any of that. That's that's facts. So I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm in Kitchener. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. How's it going? In the road. Usually when good. people click that link, they got a story to tell. Do you have a story to tell? I don't, but I just wanted to hop on and say hello. Okay, well, hello. Hello there. Danny B. Now, is that just something you thought of now, or is that what people call you? No. No. Well, my name's <laughs> very long, but uh, the Danielle? friends in the chat call me Danny. Uh-huh. Uh, my name is actually Danielle, so it's a short form, I guess. And so I just got sick of typing it all in when my tech didn't work. So Danny what do you mean your name is long? Well, Danielle has a lot of letters in the name, so. Well, how about the surname? It's not that Baker. <laughs> it's a lot of letters. Not, it's not that many letters. James <laughs> is not a lot of letters. Okay. Danielle has a few letters. All right. All right. Cool. No, I don't know. Anyway. No, no I'll go it. I'll go it. It's not important. Okay. Um, <clears throat> no, but I thought you were going to say, like, it's Daniela Stravita. Like, that's what I thought you meant by long. When you said, like, how long is it? You're like, Danielle. <laughs> like, oh, we, we, th- well, we thought it was going to be some sort of name like, ever. <laughs> well, letter wise, not I even Stephanie. To... Like, it's, okay, so it's you know. funny. I, my, our family shares, um, this is stupid, but side note, my, our family shares, like, so one has, the Netflix one has the Disney Plus, the other one has the Amazon Prime. And yeah. so I messaged my brother today because I just got my internet hooked back up with a different company. Not important. And I was like, did you change the password? And he goes, yeah. And so he spells it out. And <laughs> it's my name in capital letters. And I'm like, you do realize the password was my name in lowercase letters. He's like, oh, I forgot the password. I'm like, oh my God. It's just so stupid. Now we all know the password, though, so that's good. Yeah, but you don't Wicked know. Wicked awesome. Password, so it's okay. It's fine. Can I have your email address? <laughs> no. Well, you can have mine, but that's not my password, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm not an idiot, so it's fine. Uh, no, you're not an idiot. Um, I... Imagine so, I called you an idiot. Imagine how like how, how bad how, how dramatic this show would end up being. You're an yeah, idiot. <laughs> may I may I ask what is in your mug? Me? No, not you. Does it matter? Oh, Tea? oh okay. Uh, I'm just curious. It's is a it beverage. Tea? It's it's a beverage. Okay, fine. Cool. But the Come cup on. is cute, right? What's in the fucking mug, Danielle? Does it fucking matter? No. No, it doesn't matter. I just Live for me, it's, I'm just like, what are you? What are it, you? What are you? What are you slowly drinking? I, I don't care what it is. I'm just <laughs> you know, I'm just asking the question. That's all. I'm saying, guys. I'm just saying. It's not fun content. 
when you won't tell us what's in the mug. Just tell us what's in the mug. No, Dan. No, I just. Okay, she gets one more chance. One more chance. Oh, don't okay. don't get don't. don't, don't, don't what happened? It's just I don't know. You're what's in the here. mug? A beverage. Yeah. I'm a little parched. Leave me alone. Fair enough. Fair enough. What's Michelle? Is Michelle the Corby? A Dickerby? What's Michelle's surname? I don't I know how to pronounce it. Corby, or I'm not sure if it's. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Michelle. Is she on? Love to have her on. That. I I gotta I gotta you know. Piss. I'll be right back. Well, what? yeah. No. Piss. You gotta crashed? go. Piss. It's casual fucking Friday. It's not etiquette Friday. Except with you, Danielle. You have to show a little bit more etiquette. <laughs> Why? I want to know what's in the mug. Beer. Okay. But how hard is that? It's not even coy. It's just difficult. Look how cute even the little tea spout is. It's cute. So who cares? I guess. Is it like hand painted? Is it one of a kind or mass produced? Well, I don't know. Do you ask those questions when you buy? I mean, I got it as a gift. So I'm asking you that question. I don't write down my questions. I don't have the answer. I, I would imagine it's mass produced. Danielle, remind me what you do for a living. I do. Well, right now I'm at home. So that's what I do. But I'm raising a tiny human who okay. is a rock okay. star. Okay. You should, maybe you want to open with that next time. <laughs> I thought, no, I thought I you had a home position that you were all being equally coy about as you were with the beer in the in the mug. No. no. Well, that is the toughest job, as they say. How old is your small, tiny human? Seven. Seven. I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, so I sort of, I guess, can Wild. understand. Wild. Yes. They're little monsters, but lovely at the same time. Hello, Hi, Wade. father. This show is far too not fucking casual. <laughs> I just had to jump on and say, like, this has been serious. Right? Far too serious all night long. That's what I'm saying. You know? Um, the flow gets all fucked up when people won't tell you what's in their mugs. I mean, I can't stress this enough. We'll, we'll start it off, okay? Well, you can't. Maxwell can't House. Grow Why? Because it's the cheapest around. coffee around. You got to <laughs> deliver your insults with like some sort of like you know style. Exactly. exactly. I can't. I can't have this, guys. I can't have this. <sighs> you can't. You can't just go on a show and just be like uh, you know surly. Like a, like you have to like own it with the humor that goes behind the surliness. Exactly. Tell me to grow up. I'm not going to grow up. This is my show. <laughs> How you doing, Wade? I'm doing well. I do have a, a confession to make. Um, What's that? I am probably the only person in this chat, in, on this podcast, that hasn't seen an episode of Kenny and Spenny. Really? Yeah. Well, you very much should. You, you, you should go to YouTube, I'm, in fact, like as soon as you're done here. And you should go, go to Kenny and Spenny. And just start at the beginning. I don't know where you find it, um, but you'll find it. But but or, or, or not. It doesn't, you don't K. have to start at the beginning. It's the same <laughs> fucking, pro, you know. Um, yeah. Well, I get the concept of what the show was about and so forth. And yeah. it sounds like something that's right up my fucking alley. But I do want to say that I've caught Kenny on your podcast, on Dean's podcast and so forth. And uh, the guy the guy has a lot of good points. And uh, I enjoy his conversation with you guys. He's a good man. Yeah. He, and he's, he's funny he's like as hell. Down to earth kind of dude and yeah um where are you anyways you're you're in Alberta. i'm at home i'm at home where is home though uh bruderheim about an hour north of edmonton a little small 
little small, I was going to say fishing village, but I guess it'd be a farming community. Uh, not much you, fishing in northern Alberta. What, what, and what was your main occupation? Uh, my main occupation is truck driver. Truck driver. Slash photographer. Slash photographer. Oh, you know what? That's a good combination because you've slash, probably been everywhere, right? Yeah. Slash musical engineer. Slash broadcast engineer. Slash. I've done it all. But did you have like a main one that you were like decades? Yeah, this driving. Yeah, driving. Driving. driving yeah, uh, where, so, so all over the states, Canada. Just, just Canada, northern just Canada. Alberta. Yeah, stuck, stuck close to home. Oh, okay. So you didn't never do these long road trips like across to the Maritimes or anything? No, I've been lucky. I didn't have to. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. Would yeah, it get boring I, though driving in the same province? No, no, because I'm home every night and oh. I, I enjoy my home life and. A, so you're like the last leg of the shipping trip. Yeah, I did a little yeah. bit of long haul from here into BC and here into Saskatchewan and some overnights here and there, and I just I hated it. Just hated it. You yeah, know, I'm 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 too much a social butterfly to uh, be cooped up for 72 hours alone in a in a four by eight cubic foot tractor. It's Plus, just, did you have to eat while you drove? No, and I'd pull over and have a barbecue. Oh, oh. la di da! <laughs> are you like one of those like what do they call that when you go camping? But it's like you bring a bunch of shit like uh, glamping. I think they call it. Yeah, like, glamping. Glamour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Basically, that's that's what you do. You throw a little hibachi, a charcoal briquette barbecue in the in the in the bunk, and you got a fridge in there and a and a microwave and everything. So, yeah, it sounds like yeah. where Millhouse's dad would live one day. You know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love that. There, there's so many jokes you can make about Milhouse's dad. Like he's like everyone's dad. Um, no, he's probably just my dad. <laughs> no, I, mean, I think there's like there's there's dads like I had a friend uh, on the street that I grew up on. Uh, her name was Anne Marie, and her dad was like the like abused person of the house. Like the like the like the kids were like teenagers and the mom they would all be like oh shut up dad fuck off dad get out of here go go back upstairs you don't know what you're talking about dad and he'd be like okay okay and no matter who it was it was the thirteen year old or the mom it didn't matter and I felt so sorry for this guy and then when the Simpsons when I became a Simpsons fan and I watched Milhouse's dad he always reminded me of that guy. And I was like, I'm, I'm not, I never want to become Milhouse's dad. That, that's been my whole goal throughout every relationship is never to become Milhouse's dad. That that, that would be a mistake. Did you know, you, I talk my way to the Cracker Factory? Pardon if me? I talk... Oh, the Cracker Factory? No. No. I, I, well, I think Whitby, I think Whitby's nickname is Cracker Factory. <laughs> so, you know. If I talked that way to my father, I'd still be dizzy today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, no, no. I, I do totally get that. Totally yeah. get that. Yeah. And Paul, you were saying earlier that you you, you can you really uh, appreciate the fact that both of your parents are still alive. My dad's eighty six, my mom's eighty one. Oh, wow. awesome! And like both, awesome, you know, in fit, good health. You know, yeah, yeah. all the faculties about them still living in their in their original home. And yeah, every try and get out there every every week or so to visit and well, appreciate so the fact that they're still around. In in, okay. in my case, there's there's like not an original home because you know military kids. We moved around a lot, but uh, my parents are like literally a, a twenty minute drive from here. And um, every time 
I, I go to visit my mom and dad. They're like, oh, here is like my mom's like, take this. Here's some food. Here's some, I'm like, yeah. mom, like mom, like what am I? She's like, no, here's food. Here's food. We have money. Take it, take it. I'm like, okay, you thanks. know what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going Is to. Is your mom a good cook? Oh yeah. She's, my mom's a really good cook. What does she cook? What are, what are her dishes, her signatures? Well, I mean, she has like literally about 50 or 60, you know, sort of signature. That's the one. But for me, I have like three or four scallop potatoes, which is like a, or shipwreck or. Um, what the, the what is shipwreck? I know what scallop potatoes are. What, what is shipwreck? Shipwreck is similar with with beef and cheese and stuff. Oh, okay. like peasant food. I love peasant food. Well, because it's just carbs, right? <laughs> no, but peasant food, no matter where you are in the world, is there's always like a really amazing peasant food dish. Like in Peru, it's uh, Papa Juanaquina. It's that yeah. it's that you know mashed potatoes with the feta cheese and hot sauce, but the whole thing probably costs like a buck, you know, like like if you wanted to make. And um, you know, there's uh, in uh, in in like Italy, or no, there's like all these goulashes across Europe that are like that. You know what I mean? Like potatoes oh, yeah. and meat and vegetables and tomato or whatever. And I love that shit. I I think that the, those are the greatest foods because they're they're made with people that need like the nourishment, but they they that's all they had, so they had to make it as fucking dope as possible. So, right? so. well, like for, for me, the the ultimate meal for me is like a, a gigantic uh, shepherd's pie with a pint of Guinness, maybe a whiskey or two, and life is brilliant. Dude, I take like Florida. um like hamburger patties. Like we'll we'll like freeze a bunch of homemade hamburger patties or something like that, and I'll just make a thing of rice. I'll take a couple of those hamburger patties, I'll cook them, but then I'll mash them up and I'll put like mushrooms and onion and cherry tomatoes cut in half, and I'll just fucking toss that up for like ten minutes and then put it on top of the rice and put a bunch of spicy shit on it and just eat that. Like like you know like it's just well, the goulashy stuff that where it's just simple shit and the, depends how you spice it or you put some sriracha sauce on it or some shit like that. Sriracha. I love peasant food. I love so so, food. dude. It, it it's not. It, that's not a shepherd's pie, but it is a shepherd's pie. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, shepherd's Listen. pie without the painstaking work of putting it in the oven. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, and, and look, if, if you're like, I like the spicy, throw all the sriracha. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. We had yeah. made some fish and some KD and, and fish. Sorry, fish and KD. White fish, yeah. White fish and craft dinner? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's our. I don't our even know what to say about that. <laughs> it's post Christmas dinner, man. After so much turkey and shit through the through the last month, <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever thought of that. I, I've never this heard KD, of that. The KD tonight is a whole separate food group on its own. Oh yeah, she took the KD and you put in a little bit of salsa, really spicy salsa, and some queso sauce, a yellow type salsa. Mix it all up, and I'll tell you, it's the fucking best. All right. It is so, just awesome. I have a KD thing that people go, that's disgusting. They go, try it. Yeah. So you, you, you do the noodles as you normally would. Nothing out of the ordinary there. And then instead of milk and butter, you do, do like a tablespoon of 
mayo, but it has to be the olive oil mayo, right? So Hellman's olive oil-based mayo, tablespoon, done. And then a little bit of salt, like, like literally two crunches on a grinder, two crunches on a grinder of pepper, and then you mix that stuff up. You just stir up. And then, and then you give a couple suspense of, just to say mix. And a couple of squirts of sriracha. Yeah, and you lose me with the mayo. Why does Paul take something as simple as craft dinner and turn it sexual? Because I don't know how else to live. <laughs> the way he... Well, well, he admitted it. We all suspected it, but... <laughs> We <laughs> never thought I he'd say it out loud. That's how I roll. <laughs> Guys, this was fun, um, but we're going now. It's uh, it's only 11.07, but uh, I'm not doing a marathon one today because, uh, well, because I don't want to leave my show early. <laughs> and I'm fucking tired. All good, brother. Um, well, but it was, it's a good time to end it. Wade, thank you very much. Um, no thank you, Danielle, for, for try, kind of joining. To... Um, trying to tell me to grow up again. <laughs> <Won't have any laughs> problems. My big thanks to Spenny. Um, uh, and my and and Joe, thank you for coming as well. Um, Spenny, we'll have you back anytime. Let's come back. Show me the tattoo. I can't wait to see the tattoo. Even though I said I didn't think you should get it, but um, <laughs> but that's just me. I want to see it. Yeah, uh, I want to see it too. And uh, thank you everybody for watching. We'll see you next time on Black Ball. the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.